welcome to the April 30th edition of One Nation Radio on LOP. I am your host, Rich Latta. Of course, my co-host, as always, James Boy. James, what's going on, man? Not much. Raw was bad. SmackDown was okay. Let's just get to it. Yeah, man. Um, a show that, you know, and I think you can go throughout our archives. We don't really harp on the ratings too much, but this is the first time that they've dipped under 2 million on a, in a regular week raw that's ever happened. Uh, oh, and an, holiday, yeah, and a specific hour. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, and it's like, they've been dancing with it and playing with it for like the last three or four months. And it finally happened. I was blown today when I saw that shit. Oh. I thought the third hour was going to suck, but I didn't know it was going to be that bad. I mean, and honestly, it didn't suck as bad as I thought because they didn't even had that many people to start off the first hour. I think it was like, what, uh, 2.34? Yeah, 2.3, and I was like, like damn, yeah. is, is this a new uh, Monday Night Raw? Like, like what the hell is going on out here? I don't know. They just, they're just very, very lucky that uh, that they're not going to get a, a LeBron versus Celtics series in, uh, coming soon because that would have murdered them in, those, uh, in that time slot uh, for, one, like for one Raw or maybe two. So they were in Lexington, Kentucky, and they didn't actually run from it either. They were kind of proud to be there. It seemed like the the people were happy to be there and to see their favorite son um, or local hero. Uh, but Alexa Bliss uh, came out. I, I, I got a second. I got a question, Rich. Yeah. I thought I thought like when you go to these smaller town ta- or, or smaller cities, whatever, like quote unquote, they don't know who the NXTers are. So how the fuck did they pop for for Kentucky's own Ricochet like that? You know, it's it's crazy when they know them and when they don't. You know, oh, and, and, okay. You know, it's it's funny. Um, but uh, Alexa Bliss was out first. Uh, she was in the ring. Um, and she said the men's and women's money in the bank ladder matches would have eight participants for each from raw and SmackDown. So just like everything else in WWE, these things have been expanded, uh, to add more to, to the matches, uh, over the years. You know, I, I personally, I am good with a six man field, but they've, they've expanded it to eight participants for both matches. And it's just like, wow, this is, this is big overkill here. Um, well, my, my my response to you would be, okay, if we did have it at six, does, does that mean that you want to be back in the day when they would just have like these like three guys that have no business doing ladder match because they're way too big to be doing that sort of thing and then have like Kofi Kingston plus one other person? That that was actually uh, an up and coming worker. Or do you want it to be like let's put Andrade and Ali and Finn Balor and uh, Andrade in there, well, and like half the people are, are good ass workers, and other people are actually like you know good athletes that can help. One less guy that has a potential for an injury because we've seen in Money in the Bank matches these dudes they get that professional pride going, and then we don't see their ass for six months. What's up, Sheamus? Um, yeah, well, fair enough, I guess. Uh, so Alexa Bliss, uh, like basically Michael Cole reminded us that Strowman won last year. Uh, Alexa Bliss introduced Ricochet as the man who redefined aerial combat. So like he so was he a flight? Was he a pilot uh, in the military or anything, James? No, I mean, and apparently, I mean, whatever. Like he he wasn't Iron Man or War Machine or nothing else that like fights in the air either. So I don't know. <laughs> you know, like 
Like he falls off whatever. Like he falls off of shit onto people. Like that's not that's aerial assault. That's not aerial combat. Like people don't hit him. Like they're not out here fighting in the air. Like he's not left it's not levitation homes. That's not how that goes, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, it sounds good. Corbin came out, uh or excuse me, McIntyre came out. Um after that, Ricochet got cheered like God, by the way. Um, yes. Corbin came out next, and uh, Alexa was going to read all his accolades, but then she was like, forget that. And then Corbin came out and said, you know, I know my list of accolades is so long, and he's going to be a two-time contract winner. And Rick- Ricochet would be a two- or Ricochet said he was going to be a two-time loser and reminded everybody that he failed the first time. Uh, Corbin then asked if Ricochet's mommy let him out to play. Um McIntyre then said Ricochet had a point. McIntyre said that Corbin took his opportunity last week when he uh, failed, uh, and then he failed when he faced Styles. Uh, and McIntyre was sick of outside forces screwing him up his universal title opportunities, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but he's going to be in control when he wins the contract. Ricochet said he wasn't here to talk, and then he got cut off like a jackass um, and look, made to look like a jackass when McIntyre told him to shut up then and leave the business talking to the grown-ups, and he stood over him because he's tall. So um, they did some more uh, gesturing between Corbin and McIntyre, and they faced off, and Strowman then fired up after watching these three dumbasses uh, talk to each other and said nobody's going to stop him, and then he all of a sudden wanted to team with Ricochet, and I got the... No, 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 no. there's something you're leaving out. What's up? There's something you're leaving out. In the process of all this stuff where they talk about how much of uh, Corbin is a squander of opportunities, which they've been doing since for two fucking years now, they also... He also... This this fucking idiot... Uh, or not idiot, but like Strowman says that he, were, he reminded everybody he was the monster in the bank last year, which he meant like, never yeah, dummy. You, you're also just like Corbin where you won money in the bank and then you lost. So you're like one of the what four or five people that ever like win money in the bank and not win the title right so you're also a loser right company full of losers um so we got the ricochet braun Strowman tag team that i didn't know i wanted to see hey, 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 hey rich real yeah. quick um why is ricochet in this match no 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 not not talking about because obviously he's one of the best workers in the world like why is he in this match from a like wins and losses making it make sense as far as this is a this is a sport uh uh or even sports entertainment uh uh perspective it it don't make sense they pick people for this shit oh okay thank you they it's almost like that that rant we uh went on last week where Bobby Roode defeated Ricochet, and then Bobby Roode wasn't seen this week. Like somebody heard that, and then <laughs> then adjusted accordingly. Or it could have just been a case of them having no plan from week to week and just doing shit and picking people for shit. Yep, just doing shit, just doing shit. Absolutely. So, so these guys have a uh, fourteen fifteen minute match. Uh, it was a pretty good match. Crowd was into it. Uh, they, I they. Uh, they, Go they, they got a lot Go of heat on Ricochet. Um, Ricochet's first move, of course, he was moonsaulting off the ring post of Baron Corbin. Uh, he hit a springboard clothesline. Then from there, they got the heat on Rico- Ricochet McIntyre. Corbin then got the heat on Ricochet. Then Corbin put Ricochet in the damn hole that every main roster uh, wrestler that is, was a star in NXT has to go through to officially welcome them to the main roster in, in the WWE style. Um 
until he fires up and gets free. Did a couple more explosive moves, then he gets cut off again, and Ricochet gets beat up for several more minutes. Um, after that, you know they, they eventually turn the tide. Strowman gets a hot tag, runs wild. Eventually, uh, Strowman gets a power slam, and then Ricochet hits a shooting star press for the win. Uh, not the six thirty, but it, it didn't seem like he had a problem getting the air on the on the shooting star press. Flipping two times must 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 really suck. I, I think the reason why he would shoot and start press is because Strowman uh, laid him out with the power slam so far away that he can't, you know, land it properly uh, from that distance. So he had to do the do it the shooting star press as the as a alternative. Dude, you said it's pretty good match. All I saw was just heat, up, like building heat on Ricochet. They beat his ass for fucking ever, man. And mm-hmm. I was just like, I was done. I, I was just like, yo. He's in his hometown. Like he can't even get like a back and forth with one of these dudes, or uh, or one of those like I'm a baby face and I'm sticking to moving and I'm more athletic and I'm fast. And then these guys know I just get held on and whooped on the whole fucking match. Match go. I thought I could win like 18 minutes. Uh, time on it says 14, 14. Okay, well they beat his ass for like 12 of the minutes. Yeah, that's what it felt like. So I was just, I was just like, I was already over it. And then they, and then the very next match, another fucking match where the babyface get, get, he just worked from underneath the whole time. I was like, God damn, man, please. <laughs> so that next match that you're speaking of, the Usos came out and they were singing along with their theme song. They were trying to encourage the crowd to join in, but they were in Kentucky. So, <laughs> how um, many, how many weeks before like the crowd re- start, starts chanting with them like it's like they're performing a rap song? Um, the Usos are very committed to their act, so I don't think they'll like the Usos have never had a problem getting things over. So I don't no, worry about them. No, the crowd eventually will start singing along with them as a performance. My question is, how many weeks do you think it'll be before the crowd like catches on? Uh, I, I'll give it three weeks. That's a good over under. It will be three weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially like when they hit like bigger cities and <laughs> all that. Um, so Gallows and Anderson were all of a sudden there on Monday Night Raw. This is their first appearance. Um, Superstar Shakeup continues, I guess. And I didn't even know where they were before. I don't care. This, this I mean, they, look what they've done with them on uh, on the main roster. Why should I give a shit what what brand they're on? So they did a promo where uh, they kind of ripped off the Usos. They called themselves the Good Brother Penitentiary. I don't even know what the fuck that is. Uh, they called themselves Bulletproof. Um, after that, uh, that's gotta be a rib. Yeah. <laughs> is it, hey, we'll call you bulletproof and it will beat your ass every week. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> and then as James mentioned, this was just, this was another long match. I, I didn't hate this one. Um, but it was just, you know, the same formula. Usos ended up getting the victory, uh, when they, uh, hit the, um, uh, splash on gallows for the win. Yeah, and, I didn't hate. I didn't hate either one of these first two matches. It was just like, come the fuck on, man! Like, <laughs> can we can can we get some back and forth action as opposed to like heels just dominate a motherfucker and like we got a struggle from underneath? Like, like get off of this Hulk Hogan eighties. I need the crowd to to Ricky Morton, you know, hot tag and shit. Like, we can do back and forth matches. I see them all the time on NXT. Like, your best tag team wrestling happens on NXT if they don't do that much shit like that. Like, so, unless they're actually working over body parts as opposed to, you know, just slapping on, you know, multiple rest holds or whatever else. So, like, at least if they got they isolate the body part and work over the part, like, I can I can get into that, not this shit. They just laying around. 
so it's time to bang on Michael Cole. So Michael Cole said yep, there's God. no reason that the club couldn't dominate on Raw as if these guys weren't multiple-time tag team champions on this very show. Um, like, these guys are com- complete inept uh, or completely inept. Remember their uh, first pay-per-view te- or their first pay-per-view match? It was like one of the best squash matches. It was against the Usos. It was yes, like a they seven beat their ass in a tornado match. tag match. They, like, they were over in the first week, and then like they ended up getting separated for AJ Styles for some reason, and they and then they completely said, "We're not with AJ no more. We're not going to do nothing with you." Yeah. And you know, flash forward to now, and the rest is history. So after that. The bullshit began, and when we talk about the bullshit, I blame them killing the ratings, like on all this shit that's about to come from now until Becky Lynch comes out. So, well, my question for you is this: so you noted how over Braun Strowman and Ricochet both were before, before, during, and after that match, right? Especially like during, um, like the final hot tag, right? Yeah. So. I, for me, from my perspective, I noticed that like the crowd like died immediately after that match, as if they were just fucking tired. And then they gave them the USO match. It was more or less the same thing of just sitting around again. And they were like, the crowd. I almost felt like they broke the crowd right there in like the first forty minutes of the show, and until Becky and um and Becky showed up and yeah. then changed changed a little bit for her segment in there. So, I don't know. Am I? Do you feel like I'm wrong on that? So I'm. I don't know. Like I, I wasn't paying attention to the crowd okay. so much. I know me personally. Like there was just a long gap of time where I was like, "This show sucks." And then Becky came out. I was like, "Finally a star!" Like damn. <laughs> like <laughs> like what the fuck? Like somebody I know that's gonna be good more times than not. Um, like. Yeah, like when they were going through that stretch, we're about to get into. It. I remember, I never saying there's a contract. I'm like, dude, are they really going to hold off on AJ and Seth until the main event? Like, that's going to be terrible. That's going to be a terrible idea for the rating or or for like trying to keep people tuned in to give a fuck because they they just did a brand split and they feel like they are just perilous, perilously thin on Raw, and they're not. <laughs> um. And it's money, the money in the bank bill, so you can kind of just do what you want. Like, I don't know. But I mean, if they, you go, they don't ever take that like, attitude. If, if, but my thing is, like, if you go 90 minutes and the only person between, like, Braun Strowman and Ricochet, and you go 90 minutes between Braun Strowman and, I'm sorry, like, say, Braun Strowman, Ricochet, and the Usos, you go 90 minutes stretch where. Becky Lynch, the only person worth it, like that people really care about between between that until you get to Joe, Ray, Seth, and AJ. That's a that's like what the hell do you expect to feel with these like ninety minutes, however long that was between that gap? Yeah. Um, so after that, Bray yeah. Wyatt. Oh fuck no. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead. Yeah, sorry. So go ahead. Jay told all the parents to put their kids to sleep. Told the grandmas to shut their eyes. Um, and then they like. Flash a video backstage of of Jimmy Uso creeping around, and he's hanging around the corner. And all of a sudden, you see the revival in towels. And Scott Dawson has all this shaving cream on his back, and uh, Dash is shaving his back. And Jimmy was like laughing at him and showing this video, like, "Look, these dudes are gay." Essentially, um, after that. Uh, like Graves. Oh, hold on, it. hold on, let's you let's let's. Oh, we're gonna get it. Uh, okay, okay. I was say let's let's not just like skim past that. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Finish, like like ahead. they were they were gay shaming, and 
immediately like they, they played it for laughs. The Usos were laughing. The crowd, I don't really think they had much of a reaction to it. The commentators were trying to sell it. Um, immediately, uh, Wilder and Dawson came out and called it an invasion of privacy. Um, like, <laughs> and after that, uh, Dawson said, we are men. Uh, like, don't, don't try us like this. And yeah, he has a few hairs on his back and Dawson asked his best friend of 20 years to help him out. And Wilder was happy to have his friends back. And then after they get rid of Hawkins and Ryder, the Usos are next. I thought this was bullshit. Pure bullshit on, on a million levels. Like when, when you start talking about how insensitive it is, you talk about making the revival look like shit on their way out of the promotion because they don't want to re-sign with you even though you're bending over backwards and handing them $550,000 contracts. Yes, James, not just $500,000, it's five fifty. dollars Now, for the latest report I read. Per, per year? Per year, yes. Because they don't want to do that, you want to embarrass these dudes on the way out. And then, like, I'll, I'll throw it to you, James. Okay, so... I'm going to put all that stuff about the politics of you. If someone's leaving, you bury them on the way out to try to get wins, to try to boost, you know, uh, to supplement the talent you had that you're actually going to carry into the future. I'll put that to the side for now. Um, like this is a profession where literally almost no one is hairy. Almost no one is hairy except for chest hair. So, and so for me, like, of course, it's just like obviously like there are uh there are overtones of or like if if you were a person to say that uh that this is a that this is a homophobic um trash you're putting out there to try to uh clown them i'm i'm with you i'm I'm with you on that one i took it more as uh i took it more as it's toxic masculinity it's like Oh, look at these! Look at these jackasses that shave themselves to to wrestle, and they shave each other. Ha ha! And I'm thinking to myself, like, dude, like, all these do all these motherfuckers do this to wrestle? Like, what? Who gives a shit? Like, one who gives a shit, and then two is like they're gonna come out and then they're gonna defend themselves because of toxic masculinity. Like, I'm as much as a man. Then like people have said, you know, the gay, uh, the anti-gay stuff, and it's like, yeah, y'all got a point too, because like that also feel, that also ties into it along with the uh, toxic masculinity, also like. Just uh, all all of the other weird stuff that they like to do, and it's like why why like, like this, this ain't not that, that's not that's not going to help the Usos <laughs> by them beating by t- by them as baby faces more or less like invading these two people's privacy like they're the assholes like they're, they're like this is the stuff people talk about when they talk about like they are bad at making baby faces like that's not something a baby face does where like they go out of their way. And it, and to and they're the people that are initiating the feud. Like this is like the first shot over the bow is them stinking up on these dudes and picturing them and they're trying to clown them because like they're trying to like groom their bodies <laughs> as opposed to like they got beat down a week ago and then they even did this. And it, it was, even if they did this, it'd still be bad. Like it's the same thing we talk about. Um, how for two weeks in a row we've had Becky or maybe three weeks in a row talk about uh, Becky and her like slut shaming. Um, Lacey, like they do not know how to make good, like they don't know how to make good people compelling and also not assholes at the same time. They they're just not good at it. They did this thing, and when we talk about the hokey shit and the bullshit, this is it. This is why yeah. Dean Ambrose is walking on this company. This is why the revival will walk on this company in twelve months or less. Oh, what? 
you mean to tell me that Dean Ambrose didn't enjoy like spraying hot dogs and, and mustard onto Randy Orton with the ketchup uh, with the hot dog cart? No. Dean Ambrose is now uh, in the WWE alumni section, so I'm going to say no, James. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. So on from there, uh, they aired a promo video for Kushida. How nice of them. Uh, to try to put over uh, NXT like it's something that people should watch, even though you know it's the best promotion in North America. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it seems like lately, like every single week, like probably since WrestleMania at least, there's been an NXT commercial somewhere in the first hour of the show, and I'm like, that's cool. So our next thing, it was Miz TV with our special guest Bobby Lashley. Now absent. We're, we'll get to Miz and Lashley in just a second, and that whole debacle. But Lashley was out there by himself, and there is no Leo Rush. And if you guys have followed along uh, what's going on on Twitter between today and yesterday, it seems like Leo Rush has gotten himself into he's got himself into in a scenario where he has heat, apparently. And a lot of this stuff comes down to hazing, good old boyism, just shit that so they always tell people to stand up and, and fight for the things you believe in. And if you see something that's wrong and you don't want to go along with it, don't. And then when someone doesn't, they're the asshole, essentially. So, James, have you followed up on this story at all? I mean, I read the Fightful report. Now, I've seen some of the tweets from uh, Leo Rush, and she's and he has, um, I mean, in no certain terms, he has said, like, some of the stuff that is being reported as far as, like, the specifics of the incidents or incident is not accurate. So I don't know how you want to really go about that. But he did say that, like, I stood up for myself uh, and people didn't like it. But he says, I was being professional, whatever else. Now, this is somebody that has always seemed to have had a reputation for being in it from time to time. But the the incident that was that was brought up was something that happened in November. What month is this now, Rich? Uh, it is now April. Yeah, like, is it about to be May tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, what the fuck? Why are we still, so, you know? So, if you guys haven't heard that story... Um, it basically says uh, in the European Alleg- story, allegedly, allegedly, Leo Rush blew off several, like all, a bunch of standard backstage etiquette, and that etiquette when they're overseas includes providing waters for guys after matches and bringing water coolers to the hotel so that the fellow members of the roster can converse and socialize within a common area. Those aforementioned duties are normally taken care of by new members of the roster. Leo Rush decided he didn't, he didn't want to do any of that. And I don't blame him because he signed a contract to wrestle. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that, you know, they say you need to buddy-buddy up to your coworkers and all that. But, like, ultimately, what does any of that really mean? Okay, like, Leo has more or less said that this is not something that happened, but let's say it was something that happened. This isn't stardom where you, <laughs> this isn't stardom. This is not some, this is not some uh, yeah, promotion is not that has its main, 
Sorry? So this is not the dojo. Yeah, this is not starting. This is not the dojo. This is not like young girls, or even if it were young girls, this is not like, this is not some shorthanded like operation. Like this is a multi-million dollar operation. Like this is a how how much is WWE worth? Like something like over three billion dollars. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, this is an over three billion dollar company. That. I, so the fact that like you would have to be on hand for waters for other grown fucking adults is, is like preposterous to me. Like this, if this doesn't even happen in fucking college football, <laughs> it don't even pay motherfuckers. So the only thing they have to work on is the social hierarchy of seniority. Why the fuck would this be a thing that happens in when people are getting paid? It's ridiculous. Uh oh, bad news for the Warriors. Um, on our our group chat, Steph Curry may have broken his finger. Are you serious? Yeah. So we're going to go through some of the stuff Leo was talking about. So he essentially opened up a forum, uh, online to pretty much kind of clear the air with people. So he retweeted a bunch of fans asking why WWE is mad at him. Did ask did WWE send him home? Uh, he called it dirt sheet fabrications. Don't believe everything on the internet which more often than not, um, okay, the broken hand thing might, we'll see if that's actually a broken finger. Um, so he says, we're not sent home like naughty kids. This is business. And, uh, I did my job. Uh, we aren't all used every week and storylines don't last forever, but we have to show up to work and take care of business. Uh, he says, true. I'm saddened that the dirt sheets recently fightful make assumptions, exaggerations, and outright fabrications to sell subscriptions. Gossip like this is spread without caring about the damage to people's reputations, relationships, or careers. It disgusts me. Uh, someone asked him if he had heat, heat, he said heat is such a subjective term do i stand up for myself when life challenges me yes do i have opinions and not just blindly follow yes am i best friends with every single superstar no but i do work hard am i professional and respectful am i driven to and motivated to the best of my ability to entertain the wwe universe have no bad blood with or i have no bad blood with any other superstars and great working relationships with writers and producers and respect and respect and listen to all higher ups absolutely um, someone asked if he's out of the locker room because of his connection with his wife, or is it some petty bullshit? He said, I am not out of the locker room in quotations, more dirt sheet assumptions. Many spouses and family members come backstage to shows and are welcome backstage. Our performance schedules are not just raw. We have three live shows a week, travel days and pay-per-views. My wife, uh, came to share my first WrestleMania moment with me as did many families of the WWE roster. The little time that a professional wrestler can spend with their family is rare and precious. I conduct myself professionally respectfully and so does my wife uh he said um more someone else asked is it heat and about the european tour stuff he said i believe we are all able to carry our own gear and provisions i treat others as equals and as a young black male have often had to fight for my own equality um i i believe that too <laughs> okay, okay so he said that what uh fifa came up with was lots of fabrication then he also like alleges and then he also drops a hit that like oh yeah the, like it kind of is true too or at least part of it's true so um yeah we can go back to the part like as far as like carrying gear and water like like there's there's a link inside of the uh of that fightful thing that i read of the fightful uh, article that i read about this where it linked to alistair black saying that 
Um, you know, some of their series always go out on, on, on house shows or house tours or whatever else with the main roster from time to time. Kyrie did it too recently. Um, so you see mentioned like in like late night, late 2017 that he was in the locker room and he would go and he would help clean up the locker room. And then, and, and he was doing it until Roman came up to him and said, Hey man, you ain't got to do this shit. Like you don't have to prove anything to us. Like you're on the team. And it's like the fact that their shit for Alistair Black to have to clean is like, the fuck is wrong with y'all? Y'all are fucking grown ass adults. Get you, you, you clean up after your own messes. You're not fucking children. You are grown ass adults. Like, it ain't for the gender to clean up either. Like, I remember, now keep in mind, Rich, we we did the LLP show just, um, I'm sorry, it's not the LLP show, the, uh, the, the, oh my God, I'm blanking on our own fucking network. The Social Suplex Podcast Network show on Sunday, correct? Yeah. And we were talking about, um, me being a huge Florida State fan and how much and Deion Sanders thing and how weird it is that like Deion Sanders is obviously like the most Miami ish like person they could ever you know Miami ish person they could ever had yeah. but he ended up at Florida State okay so you know me there's like five guys from that ever came out of University of, out of uh that were football players from University of Miami that I ever like fucked with everybody else like I don't give a damn about Ray Lewis can go to hell uh, <laughs> sorry killer no I'm, I'm joking uh you know no, no seduce, like yeah man. so anyway Ed Reed is somebody I don't give a flying fuck about right. Ed Reed uh, mentioned in, in his Hall of Fame speech about how during their championship year in 2012, how he reached a boiling point where he snapped off on the entire locker room because uh, in his mind, like, they weren't cleaning up after themselves in the locker room. He got on them saying the same stuff I'm saying about y'all are grown-ass adults, clean up after yourselves, and if you can't, can't pay attention to and take care of the small things, how can you handle and take care of the bigger things? So, Anybody wants to wants to go look look through it from the Hall of Fame or whatever, or some of his pre speeches before that, because you know, they all do a bunch of speeches. Like he talked about this, and it's the same thing. Y'all are grown ass adults. Handle your own goddamn business, right? Like y'all traveling, y'all y'all are grown enough to be able to book yourselves, um, get accommodation for yourselves, get rentals for yourselves, and all the other shit. You can clean it out for your damn selves. So. The other part about somebody else doing it for you, that immediately is just like, what is going on? Like, this is like when people talk about a toxic locker room or toxic culture or toxic hierarchy or institution, that's the kind of shit people talk about. It's like, wait, y'all ain't even responsible enough to clean up after yourselves? Are you out of your mind? And you want other people to do it that are just coming in? Like, they're rushes at a, at a, at a sorority or fraternity? Fuck out of here. Right. So, I, I, and, let and me I think- call, I'm it's, it's ridiculous. And I it's think, ridiculous. and I think with Leo Rush, like he's a he's a guy that they say he has a very high opinion of himself. And if you if you are Leo Rush, right, you walk in, you immediately get plucked out of NXT and thrown on Monday Night Raw. Like you know, you're like of a certain level. We've come on this show and called Leo Rush a star uh, months ago on here. Chris, he has a little bit of that Chris Paul in him, where <laughs> no one's going to sun him. And he's a little guy, so he's got like that little man syndrome, but he knows he's good. And you, I imagine he looks around at the Monday Night Raw roster, and he's like, there's not that many people here that are that much better than me. And not that many I, people like Lacey's boots. Right, Raw. right. And and this dude thinks he's a star, and then, you know, they, they want everyone to act like stars until someone actually does. And then they want to break them down and ostracize them and all that. And... I all this doesn't make me pull for Leo Rushmore. I mean, 
I don't know. Obviously, there's one. That we're like, there's a lot we don't know. Yeah, like, there's a lot we don't right, know about right, it. Right, but, like, right. just, just, but, like, this is, like, the thing we hear about, like, people having attitudes. And then it's also, like, the same people that, like, are also, like, the most ambitious. Like, there seems to be, like, a huge overlap between, like, people that are that seem to be the most ambitious on the entire roster and also people that get the, the rap about them being so having attitudes. And there's also seen to be a Venn diagram. There's also seen to be overlap as far as, like, whether or not they're a person of color. There's also weird, too. Yeah. So it's like, come on, man. Like, I, I'm I, I'm not I'm not saying that he's a saint. I'm not saying none of that. But because I remember, I do remember what that, that when he's making them jokey jokes about uh Tanil or Tanil yeah, Dashwood when she got fired. Yeah. Uh, but um, like the stuff you hear about why he has heat is like I I don't like what's, I, I, like what's, I feel what, what's I feel, the problem here? Like what, what y'all like? This is the whole thing when we talk about. Or uh, when people talk about diversity and all this other shit, it's like, that, like that shit sounds nice, but like, what are y'all gonna do to accommodate the people that y'all claim that y'all want in on in? Like, do y'all do you, like do y'all want to meet a quota, or do y'all want to actually like have a culture for uh, a culture that like speaks up to what y'all are claiming y'all want? Yeah. So, um, you say you want these these stars, uh, these people that feel like stars, people that work hard, these people that are ambitious, these people that are uh, uh, goal oriented, these people that um, you know. And you also say that you want all these multiple people from different backgrounds, whatever else. Um, and then like when they show, when some of that background, that different background shows up, then all of a sudden like it's 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 a problem. It's like I thought like if y'all are supposed to be a workplace and a family and all that kind of shit, like y'all have to make. You can't. You don't just bring people in and say, "All right, you adjust to us," and it's the playbook. Like that's a great way of of, of falling behind. Like mm-hmm. you look at all these other like competitive cultures or, or competitive like college uh, football. Uh, sorry, <laughs> like college football when they start recruiting black players, and then if you didn't, you got left behind. No, not even that. I'm just saying, like, in, oh, yes, yes, in, in the '70s, yes. yes, during integration. But I'm talking about like just in general, like you cannot, or it's it's not a good idea. Um, if you want to be the best you can be to be exclusionary to and say we only do things a certain way as opposed to um, actually uh, learning actually like incorporating the people that you claim that you want like it's the same thing when we have like uh, Asian players or or, uh, or some of our um, Latin players come in and then they want to and everybody wants to throw baseballs at their heads because they want to be happy that they succeeded by hitting a ball over a fence. Like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? Y'all throwing ninety mile, ninety five mile weapons at people. Like, what is wrong with y'all? Because you should be act like you've been there before. Maybe I haven't, motherfucker. Right, right, right. And, like, and that's a, and, and that 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 does remind me like with baseball, like all the unwritten rules in baseball, and it just seems like a an excuse to keep institutions the, a certain way that they've always been. And right. you never know when you you're gonna you're going to accumulate this heat that they have. And, and, and this heat will bury you like JTG dropped a book about the heat that, that uh, happens in professional wrestling and all that very good read. Uh, and it's just amazing. Like, you know, but moving on, um, I just want to touch on that Leo Russian. We had people actually hitting us up about it. Uh, what up to Brooklyn Ike? What up to Bernard? Um, and uh, I mean, as soon as we get to this Bobby Lashley, it, this thing, we're not going to be done either. It's going to be another it's gonna thing be another we have to talk one. about this. Like, because I, I literally oh got pissed. All right. So uh, Michael Cole came out. Uh, he said uh, we had Moment of Bliss and now Miz TV. Uh, no Leo Rush, obviously. <laughs> Bobby Lashley came out and he was talking uh, about himself in third person. 
which Miz asked him why he was doing that. And then Lashley said he uh, Lashley would only answer questions he wanted to answer. Then Miz claimed that Lashley hadn't reached his full potential. Bobby Lashley reminded him that he's a two-time Intercontinental Champion in just a year in his return, and he wondered what Miz has done. Uh, Miz basically said, you know, I would say that I main event in WrestleMania. I would say that I'm a former WWE Champion. I would say, insert accomplishment here, da 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 If anything, I'm an overachiever. Have you seen my wife? Um, and he basically said, no one would ever question uh, my potential, unlike you. Uh, Lashley said that you lost to Shane at WrestleMania. It's no wonder uh, that your father thought he was worthless. Miz went on to say, uh, you have you have all this athletic ability and these gifts, and I don't have any of that. And then I've, I've way out-achieved you and all that. And all and my ears were ringing, James. My, You know what they were ringing from? What? All the dog whistles that I heard in this damn promo. <laughs> oh, so you... Yeah, like Miz, babyface Miz out here sounded like the like the creepy brother uh, at that dinner conversation during Get Out. It's like you know if you supply yourself with your gen- with your genetics, you'd be a beast. <laughs> like that's all that shit was. That's exactly what that was. Yes, and like because like... because you, you know negro because you know negroes are superhuman, right? So yes. like if so clearly because look at because if you look at him and the fact that he's and then you throw in the fact he's also black, like he must he's be a guy, lazy. He's a, He's a goddamn superhero. He should have been out here trying to fight Thanos if if he applied himself. That's all that is. Like, it, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's all of that. It, it, all of that it, nonsense. It, it just portrayed Miz like he was the hardworking, scrappy, deceptive athlete, deceptive, uh, you know, and you just, he's just like you, the audience. Like, yeah. Like yeah, Miz Miz is relate is the relatable baby face, and it, and his gimmick right now is that like he's white and mediocre, just like you. <laughs> don't you just love him? Like look, man, like we don't need to do that with Miz. Like Miz has uh, so much stuff in his character history, and we've gotten to a point to where like he's acknowledged all that stuff and said he's moved past it, especially with the Shane stuff, and that that was done well. And now we're doing this thing where like he's antagonizing this guy. For literally no reason other than like other than you know just to cause some just to cause some ruckus and you know it's gonna happen and, and, and think about all <laughs> go ahead James oh you know it's gonna happen because like right now you got Shane out here like fighting uh, two feuds on two fronts like he's damn Germany in World War Two <laughs> like so he's, he's so he has to deal with Roman and he has to deal with Miz so like you know like Tag in this cage team, match like. Your boy is gonna come out there and uh, Lashley come out there and fuck him, and it's gonna lead to Lashley versus uh, Miz like in the weeks coming, and it's like, boy, I don't want to see none of that. Yeah, um, and, and it was like we've seen it if you if you watch like sports long enough to see all the descriptions that uh, that a lot of black athletes tend to receive. They they yeah. don't they don't get um, props for their intellect. They don't get props for their work leadership their their leadership their workmanship they 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 are their called, ability to communicate they are called gifted they are called essentially like and when when i hear gifted and i i i take that as lucky like <laughs> that that you're allowed to be playing this game and it's just a lot of that and if you watch sports like you'll you'll start seeing this stuff and i'm sure no one in wwe has picked up that they did this and i'm sure that there aren't too many podcasts uh spending a lot of time on these issues but i i would like to think that over here on one nation radio we will bring this perspective that needs to be heard and 
<clears throat> there are a lot of people that 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 feel this same way and just because you may not hear it everywhere these are things that that we hear like when when we see this guy th- this dude that looks like Bobby Lashley a dude that's been a MMA athlete a dude that's been a champion wrestler for years this shit's a work y'all like he could they could have made him the champion at any time like so yeah. so it's, yeah, and, it's not and, him not reaching his potential like is he is he the greatest <coughs> wrestler in the world no he's not the greatest wrestler in the world no. but his full potential in Vince McMahon's wrestle factory he he doesn't he look like full potential james <laughs> i don't know but like I me mean, you look at i mean you look at the the stereo or the like <sighs> I forgot what I was looking at, but it was basically like he's the black at, strong man. Vince, Vince man covets. He's the black strong strong man that Vince man has always coveted. Back to Ahmed Johnson, back to goddamn Rocky Johnson. Yeah, my my point is like they, they are a few number of uh, of black wrestler stereotypes that kind of like go by. They're kind of always kind of mixed into everybody's archetype almost, and especially in WWE. And like. One of them is the genetic freak that has all the tools, uh, and like there's the entertainers, like you know the R Trues, the New Days of the world, the uh, Crime Times. There's the shiftless types, like the Crime Times. The uh, you know I don't mm, let's say men on a mission, yeah, <laughs> uh, right. Like and then you know then there's also like the supernaturals that always come back to like something rooted in Africa, like Kamala or or fucking uh, Papa Shango or whatever else, or the Boogeyman. Uh, so like, there's always like that. So like, Lashley fits clearly into the unlimited potential. Can do anything, but we ain't gonna let do nothing. We just like say that as 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 niceties because like we're gonna let you not talk or have a character other than just be black and and rip the shreds. <laughs> so like, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where it is. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that like Bobby Lashley is is just is just uh overflowing with charisma necessarily i'm right. not saying that but at all i, I don't but I don't want like, i don't like look, to be in the position to have to like defend bobby lashley at all but it's right right like, right. <laughs> right but like at the same time like we see this with everybody when they're allowed to do the like we go to anything wwe does as far as like the talent is allowed to talk on their own almost or knowing that or being in tune with their characters more than Vince when he changes what the character actually is or what he thinks the character is from week to week yeah. Where like whether it's the iconics, whether it's Bobby Lashley, whether it's um Bailey, whether it's anybody else that you think is uh almost um awkward or stunted or not, you know, or someone that doesn't really uh connect or whatever else, when you hear them do stuff that's not on television, they always come off as better than what they actually are doing on the show. So it's like the iconics one of those, Bobby Lashley's one of those too. So like this is writing don't even help like alleviate those problems even though like he has a history of doing this like he's not even self-aware enough or his writing's not even good enough to overcome like the history that's there with all the stuff he's done over the years i think that's a good enough place to leave yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah uh miz and bobby lasley then had a terrible match with an absurd finish so um <laughs> Okay, so settle this for me with me and Simon. Me and Simon are arguing. He was saying that 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 uh, Miz jobbed to a picture of his dad, and I said no. He jobbed to uh, Shane getting on the apron. So you tell me so, what the finish was. So I think Shane got up on the apron and he was like, "Look," and then Miz looked at the picture and then caught the spear. 
All right, I got to go through these results from uh, somewhere else. I got to figure this. I, I I can't be wrong in this. I refuse to believe that Miz jobbed <laughs> to a fucking picture of his dad. I, I refuse. Okay, so so I, I've got a results thing here. So it says Miz followed it with the it kicks as he continues to look back at Shane. A picture of Miz's dad popped up on the screen, and this was one distraction too many. This is word for word, by the way, from the review. Uh, okay. Too many. So Lashley gave spear, uh, Miz a spear for the pinball win. Wow, he jumped to a picture of his dad. Jesus Unbelievable. Christ. And then, yeah, like Shane came out here uh, and to bring down the quality of Monday Night Raw, which is admittedly a tough thing to do. Uh, so he jumps up, uh, and I wrote, he put Mrs. Pops on the Summer Jam screen. Mike is like, what the fuck, and catches a spear. Shane gets in the ring, beats his ass with awful punches that a yellow belt wouldn't even throw. Um and how like, many of them? How many of them connect that you remember seeing? I would say I like un, three. I would say under fifty percent of them connected, <laughs> like in in even somewhat convincing at all way. So oh my god! From like, there, some of the punches that connected were like were like punches that like if I imagine if you are a, if you are an older brother that you throw at your younger brother as you're trying to bully him over like I don't know video game time or some shit like that. Like you know, those are like the punches that I imagine like. 12-year-old Peyton Manning was throwing at, at Eli. Jesus. Then uh, from there, MMA Shane locked him in a head-arm choke triangle with his legs, and Miz had his look on his face in the hold where he looked like all of us watching this show. And then Miz like got put to sleep by a non-wrestler. Th- if this ain't a wait. bum of the week, I don't know what the fuck this is. Wait, wait. Do you mean like the face like when Tupac was in, in the jail selling gridlocks? <laughs> You know, you're just looking up at the sky, just like, what the fuck is my yes. life turn into? Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. So the Viking Raiders were out. New I'm names. You, you go ahead. I'm going to put this shit on mute. Go ahead. <laughs> So the, the Viking Raiders were out. They were announced as uh, not hailing from Oakland or Minnesota. The uh, Lucha House Party then jumped them, and uh, they ended up catching an L in about a minute and 55. Uh, after that, it was time to announce the women's money in the bank, a moment of bliss. So they had the usual setup on the stage. Alexa introduced the Raw women competing at money in the bank. She started with Natalia. Natty thanked her for the introduction. Uh, Bliss referred to her as the Queen of Hearts. Uh, Natalia said she wanted to become Raw Women's Champion for the first time. Alexa then cut her off because she had another announcement. And then Dana Brooke came out, who said she was done waiting in line. Uh, Dana then accused Natalia of getting every opportunity. And Natalia told her that she's earned everything. And Alexa told them to stop their catty argument. Um, Dana Brooke also called herself like the hardest working person. So we've got another hard worker, James. Uh, when all we can say about you is that you work hard, you must not be special. Um, <laughs> up next, uh, Naomi came out. She called herself a two-time SmackDown Women's Champion and said her only goal uh, now was to win the Raw title. She came out and shook her ass at Alexa Bliss as to say, I am a real woman. Like... <laughs> <laughs> and I like you. You had to run it back and look at the look Naomi had on her face. Uh, all three of them began to argue, and Alexa said that those they were worse than the dudes. And then she asked them to stop arguing so she could introduce the final competitor who was waiting patiently. And then the fourth competitor 
Rich. Yes. Rich. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. The go ahead. fourth Sorry. competitor I, I, was Alexa Bliss herself, and I wanted to jump off the nearest bridge. Wait, so what you? I was going to ask you, so did you or did you not realize that, like, at what point do you realize that it, it, that the fourth person was, in fact, her? Immediately. Like, when she announced it? Immediately. Or did you, While yeah, she like, was I, setting up because she kept drawing it out and drawing it out? Yeah, yeah so he was like, okay, it's going to be her, and then it's going to be like, oh, you fooled us all with, like, I'm 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 so tired of her ever, ever like her shit ever since like um like, go away like what was it ever since the elimination chamber last year yeah it's like, yeah it's like the like the insincere shit it's like every fucking promo she does this like so there's no more effect because everybody knows she's a fucking phony like just turn her fucking baby face and get it over with because people like her and you keep doing this and like maybe her matches will be better if she's actually a baby face maybe maybe nah then she'll have to take bumps. Um, so after that, Naomi challenged her to a match. Bliss says she would, but she didn't want to, and she didn't have her gear. She's not even wearing her own shoes. Uh, Naomi said that she could beat her with or without her shoes on. And then Naomi suggested that Alexa was not as good as she thought she was facts. Uh, and Alexa (laughs) accepted the match. Um, that match was trash. They basically did this gimmick to where Alexa was tying her shoes throughout the match. Naomi ended up winning with a split leg moonsault after kind of a, excuse me, uh, with the rear view after she couldn't, you know, what this was a disaster. No, like, <laughs> like flat out. And, and, uh, and the sad thing about it is it wasn't a good wrestling match or it was a bad wrestling and Alexa match. Did a and then the story and the layout hole. of it, yeah, and then the story and layout of it was for it to be a bad match based around the fact that, like, she's as a pair of Chuck Taylors, which, like, it's funny because I actually bought those monos, uh, those black monos, uh, what, like, uh, probably, like, a, a, what, like, two months ago. And I was like, wow, she, I'm wearing a, I'm wearing Air Blisters. Wow. All Sorry. right, cool. But, yeah, the whole thing about her shoes or whatever else, and, like, that's, like, that is a real way to foil. Like, that's what, how you foil, like, a comedy heel, and Alexa Bliss is probably going to be the number one heel in, in, on the division. So, like, why do that to her? Uh, I, 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 like, I I just don't even want to think about her winning the money in the bank because it's just, like, do we have to do this shit again? Do we, oh, have, yeah, uh, do we have to watch these horrible matches? Yeah, I seen, I seen you. Um... I don't know. It's run its course, y'all. Like, this Alexa Bliss shit, there's no redeeming value. Like, no. It, it, it's not. This is not the heat in these streets at all. You know, you want to know what's funny? What? If you go by, like, the matches that Alexa and Naomi were having in 2017 when, um, like, Alexa Bliss is quite as kept as, like, uh, Naomi's personal jobber. But if... If you go by like the times they've had individual matches, like that was like their best match because like there were no like significantly terrible botches on Alexa Bliss fucking everything everything up. So like it's kind of, so it's like wow she took a lot of time off. Maybe she has gotten better, but maybe she has gotten better. And these matches still ain't hitting on nothing. I thought she was in that chin lock for so long. Which one? Which chin lock, Rich? There were two of them. Yeah, they kind of just blend together for me. Um, was that an eight-minute match? Six-minute match? Oh, she did give her the, the split leg moonsault. Yeah, this is a this is a bad match. Um, the ball was in a six-minute or eight-minute match, right? Yeah. Slide on two big, long-ass headlocks. It's, it's like you don't have to do wrestling this way. 
You don't. You don't. That's a choice. Like, um, <laughs> uh, they don't. like I can I can understand one, but like I don't need one like at the beginning of the match and in the middle of the match and then you immediately go to finishers. Like that's not that's not storytelling. Like that's just laziness. Yeah, we had more Firefly Funhouse uh, shenanigans. Bray Wyatt was painting. Uh, and he had like a beret on and he said that allows him to express his suppressed feelings. And then one of those puppets came and wanted to see what he was painting. And then Bray Wyatt revealed it was the burning barn where Randy Orton burned to the ground. Um, and then Abby, the witch appeared and Bray Wyatt told us not to worry about her because she is a sociopath. Bray then said sociopath was the word of the day and spelled it out for us. I don't get it. It's week two. Y'all said let it play out. Where it's at? Well, it damn sure is playing, ain't it? <laughs> yep. Um. So Charlie Caruso is backstage with Ray. Uh, she asked what might be his uh, talked about his most challenge. What could be his most challenging stretch of his career? As y'all know, Ray Mysterio been getting beat like a Cherokee drum in these streets. Um, Dominic was with him, towering over him. By the way. And Ray said it wasn't easy being his size in Atlanta Giants, and he felt like he was letting everyone down, including his family and his son. Uh, Ray knows he's a better man. He's going to prove it to Smojo tonight. And then, thank God, Becky Lynch came out to save the album. And <laughs> she came out, and I thought Becky did a very good interview here uh, as Same compared here. to some of the ones that she's cut recently where it's just like, oh, she's just kicking the can down the road. She basically said uh, she's going to put up uh, both titles at Money in the Bank. And she says she has, uh, after the journey, there's nothing impulsive about what she's doing. Uh, she's got two options to protect what she has or fight to keep it all. And she only knows how to fight. Charlie tells her about the odds of her keeping the belts. Becky gave no fucks about odds. Uh, she said a year ago, no one thought she was main event in WrestleMania, but she did. A month ago, Ronda was unbeaten. Big boos for the mention of Ronda Rousey. Um she talked about how Charlotte was holding divisions hostage and no way she was going to do that. You can talk about impulses and odds, but I ain't make history by dodging people. I did it by beating people. Bring them on. Charlotte's got it all. She's a great athlete, but I got her number. Lacey Evans is making a mistake by punching someone who likes it. I popped from that line. Um, so I'll tell her when and where that ass whooping is coming and that's that money in the bank. And Charlie then asked if Lacey's punch from last week was a preview and they cut to the video. Crowd hated the video. Um, they edited the hell out of that video, make it like it actually connected too. You yeah, noticed it, right? I did. Uh, <laughs> so uh, she said it's not a preview; it's a reminder. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this mic from you, check from from you, Chuck. Uh, Lacey then came out and, and or she was like, "Lacey, come on out if you're not currying in favor." Lacey comes out. Uh, she brings her country ass out, and she said, "Isn't it like a <laughs> like a man to want it when he wants it?" I can see that Irish temper. I'm not trying to lose my manners. Lacey says she's done talking and threw the mic down. Lacey Evans' voice sounds like Jim Crow. Um, so she threw the mic down, uh, and then they had a nice little brawl. I thought Lacey, Lacey Evans' accent sounds like terrible iced tea. <laughs> oh man, they um they they got into a brawl, and I didn't think Becky looked particularly impressive, but Lacey looked like someone you actually don't want to fight if you're a woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Lacey. I mean, not Lacey, but Becky. Becky be getting these uh, these brawls and pull aparts with like Char the Charlottes and Lacey's of the world, like women that are physically imposing and damn uh, Amazons. And like you know, 
Becky is just a normal sized woman and she be getting overpowered. She always be at the bottom of the other of these fights. She always be in be in and be underneath at the bottom of a mount or or, or at the bottom of, of, of guard, a full guard. And it's like, hey man, like I don't know if you sell Becky to get more physical, but it's like, damn, like she be getting kind of manhandling these things. But yeah. I mean they're 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 they be they're interesting. They're not like they're bad uh necessarily. Yeah. So but it's but like you know, I um, it's cool that that's, that that's it's cool and and it was a breath of fresh air after like that run we just went through on Raw. Yeah, uh, I I like this uh, segment a lot, and I actually kind of want to see the match. So <laughs> that's all I ask. Yeah, like, I mean, the the Lacey Evans I, thing's I, a little heavy handed still. When we like when we think about it, like when. I, I don't know. Did we do a review on uh, the two the, on the on the uh, first man classic? We talked about it on. Um, no, we we. I'm sure we did. I'm sure we did. Yeah, I'm sure we did too. So, um, when we when we first saw Lacey Evans in 2017, we all had high hopes for her, and we I still kind of do, but it's just like it's way too soon, way too much, way too early for her. She shouldn't even be up yet, but she's up now, so. Like I wish you the best of luck, but I I I I hope for the best, but I hope for the best, but I don't think she's gonna make it, you know. Um, but yeah, we'll, she's we'll gonna see. get every opportunity. You don't don't you worry, James. Um, yeah, that's that's true. Or you could be Dana Brooks, so who knows? True. Um, Zane came out. So Sami Zayn was out. Uh, he said last week uh, he came out and showed pictures of his life outside the toxic walls of WWE. He said. Um, the joy isn't just from the trips. He did a lot of soul searching, a lot of introspection. Uh, that rekindled his love for history and sociology and psychology, and it helped him make sense of you people. And then he threw up the definition of psychological entitlement, and it said it refers to a general belief that one deserves more than the others. He said, you boo because it hits close to home. It's almost not your fault. For years, you're fed the line that the customer is right. Uh, and for social and economic reasons, not one person in Lexington will understand that. Uh, he said, you've come to think that what you feel is correct. What you want will be given to you. If you don't get what you want, you'll throw a fit. He then told a story about how he didn't sign an autograph for a kid. Um and he said the kid was trained at five years old to expect something from him. He said after 17 years giving us five-star matches, James, I thought they didn't care about um, star ratings in WWE. Um, or Dave Meltzer or never mind. Um, he said from now on he's just going to give us whatever he wanted and we'd have to take it. Uh, he then mocked the fans and <laughs> who basically thought that he should just quit if he didn't like it. He then said quitting WWE would be amazing. And he like just looked like a child that was giving gifts when he said that. Uh, he said what would be amazing is holding you all accountable for your actions every week, being the critic of the critics. And at that moment I knew that's his gimmick. That's exactly what he pitched to Vince McMahon. And then Vince McMahon has decided to ghostwrite his feelings daily, weekly through Sami Zayn and broadcast them. None of these promos have led to a match. None of these promos have read, led to a program. The promos that Sami Zayn are doing are very good. They make sense. 
I'm tired of them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, It's funny because, like, there's a huge gigantic elephant in the room of, like, you're having somebody, whether Vince is actually writing these things or looking over them or not, or these are things that are simply he, he's um, he's having Sammy go out there and say, I can give one fuck one way or the other. Because um, ultimately they're compelling. But it is like it, it is like the height of hubris to put on your television show that you have some character telling uh, telling the pe- the fans that they're entitled uh, they're entitled uh, and and that's why they complain. Meanwhile, like the ratings are in the shit because people like are not liking the show and and they're like not they're not staying to boo they're like leaving. So it's like it's like. Okay, like so, you tell me who has a fucked up perspective, and for the most part, like you're putting on a product trying to draw people to watch so that you can get uh, you can get uh, television companies to pay you money, uh, money so they can then sell ads, ad space, or ad you know, or advertising. Like you are losing, you are turning off your cut your fan base by doing by doing you know nonsensical things, and then like saying that the fan base is like asking for too much for it to just make fucking sense. And it's like I mean that's that's what it looks like. Now I'm not saying that uh that Vince is necessarily as I have no idea what, what Vince is putting into it or what anybody's putting into or is telling Sammy Goff and say. But we know the history of what WWE is nothing is up on the show that Vince doesn't want unless there's some gigantic mistake or fuck up. So clearly this is clearly whatever. It's ending up on the airways and it's like okay like this you know, like this is this is this is a lot. Of, this is very. This is. I imagine this is, there, this is peak. This is peak hubris. I, I imagine there are people that were watching this thing and was like, you know what, this shit is stupid. I'm turning this shit off. Like, and, and we can look at the ratings and and see. <laughs> That's my point. It's like the audacity, the audacity for you to for you to like chastise your fans for being whiners and complainers and bitching for, for bitching and moaning. About the fact that the product isn't uh, as good as it as it could be, or better yet, that it, as it should be, and then like make a character out of somebody that's going to chastise the fans. It's like I find it funny because we had mega heat, but uh, like, like who are you getting this heat with? Like 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 how big are we? Like like this is why this this is where I don't get it. It's like I th- I thought we we don't mean much, James. I thought we're just such a small percentage of the fan base. I always hear this, but then we get this shit type of shit that happens. So it's like oh, you mean like the part where like no one's watching the show anymore because they're watching it online and then like well I thought the online wrestling community oh never mind yeah yeah oh that that sort of thing gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got a point. Yeah. Um so after that Oh yeah, yeah, no one interrupted him, nothing. Like no program yeah. just yeah. Well, I mean I, I guess they're still waiting on Luke Harper, right? <laughs> <laughs> Look, he has not appeared recently, so we don't know what Brandy's on. The shake up continues. Oh my god. Like dude, this 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 is like I don't know if it's because I'm following it way too closely or whatever else, but like every time I hear news about WWE, like at least lately, like it's or been since bad. First, so many, it, it's it's like it's ne- it's nothing positive. I don't necessarily say it's bad or it's in, I'm not even saying it's the end of the world because like Look, you know Saudi Arabia, like that Saudi Arabia show and that it's on deck. Come, it's on deck. Like that uh, that that Fox those Fox checks are on deck. Like this company is going to be around for a decade at at the least. So. 
I'm not I'm not saying anything about anybody's downfall. And if you ask me if I expect it to happen, I think the company's gonna outlive me, right? And all everybody that's listening to this damn show in real time too. So and their kids. But this is all the signs. It, it, all the signs. This is WCW, they, they look, James. They look they look they look they're like they look like a company that needs a a fundamental change creatively. It do, it, just, it just does. Yeah. Uh, we got Rey Mysterio and Samoa Joe. They had a nice little seven-minute match. Um, Ray ended up getting the victory uh, with a cradle. Samoa Joe getting rolled up <laughs> and losing after being, you know, cutting all these great promos and mm-hmm. all that. And, yeah. Never well, won. I mean, this was a match with losers in it, so it's like somebody had to lose more. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, if, like imagine if you beat Ray and be like, well, damn, like, is, can Ray get a win at all? He, he, like, his son's here. Jesus. And then... <laughs> So it was like, I mean, it was it was a good little short match. I, I expect I expect that they get more if they get another match. That goes for some time. It'll be a, it'll be a better match. But for the time that it was on, it was a, it was a nice little match. And Joe was bumping his ass off for Ray uh, for like you know when Ray was getting his stuff in. So I thought it was cool. So after that, we got our main event of the evening: the Money in the Bank contract sign, or excuse me, the Universal Championship signing for the match at Money in the Bank. So Michael Cole was hosting. I guess they couldn't find one of the McMahons. Uh, he said that Rollins and Styles are called the best in-ring performers of their generation, and then he introduced both men. James, do you happen to still have those statistics? Um, <laughs> oh, God. Hold on. we got to scroll through people. my phone to find it. I will continue. Um, yes, please do. So Cole at, and them, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I, was, that look, the, was that the precise quote? Yes. Okay. And right. As far as like best of their generation, I mean, you might be able to call one of those guys that, but no, not might. You can absolutely call AJ Styles like on that shorthand list of one of the best of his generation. Seth Rollins. One, I don't necessarily consider like if we're if we're going by the, the wrestling parlance that like generations are shorter than twenty these, years. These ain't in then, the same generation. These these two. Yeah. Guys. Yeah, so if you want to go by that, then, like, no, nah, one, they're not in the same generation. And two, like, if you want to compare Seth Rollins to the top of his his uh, his contemporary list, um, I don't know about that one, Chief. Yeah. Um, so Cole then asked Styles what a win would mean to him as he continued to build his legacy. Styles said the Universal Championship was the whole reason that he came to Raw. And <laughs> this is a good time to mention that, remember, um, wrestlers were not – like they did not have a say in where they ended up. So I guess he convinced himself this was the reason he was here. Uh, he said that SmackDown was great to him for two years and he was proud of what he built there. And he's always liked Seth, but Rollins has something he wanted, the Universal Championship. Remember, these guys were teammates two weeks ago. Um, so Styles said that uh, people do unexpected things to get what they want. He noted that uh, he noted some people who thought that Seth Rollins may be the next AJ Styles called him younger. He called him faster. He called him stronger. But then Styles said that Rollins will never be him despite all of that. Uh, then Rollins said he never wanted to be the next AJ Styles or anyone else for that matter. He wanted to be the first Seth freaking Rollins. So uh, Rollins said that uh, this was not the house that he built. This is Monday Night Rollins. So he just flipped all AJ's lines. Uh, he said Styles would have to be better than phenomenal to beat him. And then Styles noted basically how hard Rollins worked to win the belt and, you know, his old mission. And I wonder how he was holding up. He said, like, you got to be kind of beat down from that. 
Uh, the crowd was chanting for Seth, and uh, the Styles basically said he would burn it down and build it back up, which is, like, corny. Um, then Styles basically said uh, his little team, his little brotherhood aren't there to keep him around. Hardy har. Um, Rollins basically went through hell at WrestleMania, and Styles didn't think he had anything left, and Styles ready to run it right now. Styles said he was going to be a bulldog at Money in the Bank, so he's back on Monday Night Raw, so he's a bulldog again, James. Uh, and he would sink his teeth in and not let go, and so he's the new Universal Champion. So it's it, it keeps going from there, and Seth was basically wanted to understand while that they had a lot of similarities, they also had a lot of differences here. And one thing that separated uh, him was that he actually beat Brock Lesnar. Uh, Rollins was at his best when he beat Lesnar at Mania, and, and would be at his best when he beat Styles. And then they both signed the contract. Uh, Seth basically uh, grabbed the belt to take a, or excuse me, Styles grabbed the belt to take a look. He gave it back to Seth and offered to shake his hands, but Rollins tried to flex on him and held the belt up. They talked some shit to each other, and then Styles punched him in the face. Uh, Rollins fought back and kicked him out of the ring. Uh, he did a suicide dive, came back in the ring. Uh, Styles jumped up, hit him with a phenomenal forearm through the table, and the show ended with Styles on top of um, uh, Rollins. AJ said a couple of slick lines that could be construed as a heel, like kind of with or babyface with an edge uh, during the promo. This was not a heel turn, everybody. Uh, but I, I liked what they did overall, and it felt like Bret Hart's pro wrestling. But back to James uh, with these statistics, if you got these rolled up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I said in the thing, like as, as, as Cole says that people call AJ and Seth the best in-ring performers of a generation, please note that Seth is only placed in the Observer Wrestler of the Year twice, and his best finish was seventh, and is only placed uh, twice in Most Outstanding Wrestler, and his best finish was sixth. So, like, AJ, AJ is one wrestler and Most Outstanding Performer uh, multiple years, I believe. I think back-to-back years. Uh, uh, as far as um, Seth, like, that was Seth until he blew his knee up. Yeah. Like Seth was Seth was headed that way given his age, given the kind of matches he were having as a heel, and then he blew his knee out and like never the way the he worked the way he the way he worked drastically changed. We never got like what I imagine what I dreamed of getting uh in two thousand like two thousand during the Shield days, like that, that short run they had as, as baby faces and like as he was like having these killer matches as a main event heel. Like when he turned babyface, what is what the, what the, the quote unquote babyface move set in like um and kind of matches and and stuff he's going to do? We never got that because you were robbed of it when he blew his knee out. Yeah, like you can draw a line on his career and, and see where he's still like. And I've I've said it over and over on shows. He's a pitcher that used to throw one hundred. He now throws ninety four with a bunch of off speed. So, yep. like he still gets the job done. It's just he's not like it, it's just it's not the same. Yeah. Um, what do you think about this whole thing? Um. Yeah, I, I'm with you. It's not a heel turn, at least not yet. Um. And I'm gotta say, I'm 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 after the the drawn out uh, nature of um Nakamura la- or yeah Nakamura <laughs> going into WrestleMania uh, last year and um the 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 fall stuff with Daniel Bryan. Um, before the actual heel turn happened, like I'm kind of done with AJ Styles and, and face versus face feuds. Uh-huh. Um, and you know me, I'm a person that like I kind of welcome the face versus face feuds because like if you got the two hot guys putting together and and um and see what happens. And you know, 
AJ did AJ did great work with Roman in 2015 when but they also had multiple people doing the work and a lot of the uh, the storytelling and character driven health with it with the, the the club and the Usos kind of having mixed signals with and the two guys with Roman and AJ trying to protect their friends at the same time so they also added to it but that's not here for this necessarily so like they don't even have that to help draw draw in and also like kill TV or like help make compelling TV time to build towards their matches. Like I just have, I just hope that like they get out of the way and let them have kick-ass matches because they right. both can, because they're both super talented. And if that comes out of the way, then like it, this will be worth the journey. But I mean, we're, we have two more episodes of television and we already have a contract signing. So it's like, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do next. Like, <laughs> like if they, if they come out here either next week or the go home show and they're doing a tag match together, then it's like, y- y'all, y'all have no ideas. Y'all have no new ideas or at least like yeah. any ideas that you remember from back in the day, you pulled out of the playbook before um, that haven't been tried in a while. Telling you, all they gotta do is sit these people down, have Michael Cole ask them questions, and then like splice it up, like how they did that that Brock Lesnar one going into SummerSlam 2014, or any other good, or any other time they let Brock Lesnar talk, and it's awesome. That's all they gotta do, like in. But but Rich, that means but but then like they can't say that like but then that's pro wrestling and and that's MMA and like that is like that's not sports entertainment. That's that's not like. Like that's, I know. that's not what that's not what Vince wants to do. Like, like even though that's like the, some of the best stuff they ever do. Like he hate it. It burns his fucking soul that he has to do things that make common sense. It it, it burns uh, his ass that he has to use things that have worked for a hundred years in this country to promote people beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, it, it also hurts. It's like that's also like some of the best stuff they ever do. Is like there are two people that want to beat each other's ass for for whatever reason, and then like they talk about how much they want to beat each other's ass. Like it burn, it burn, it burns him up to know that like Russell that 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 the company turned around when when Bret Hart and Steve Austin wanted to beat each other so bad they wanted to put them in holes to tell the other one to quit. Like that burns his soul to know that 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 yes. that's what turned it all around. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, that's gonna wrap up the. Oh, it burns his soul that The Rock came back and, and popped the biggest fucking uh, WrestleMania uh, uh, gate of all uh, all time at that time because The Rock wanted to come back and show that he was better than John Cena and John Cena wanted to show The Rock that he couldn't keep up with them. It burns his soul that it was so simple. <laughs> it- <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it burns his soul that the Undertaker showed back up because uh, under because the Undertaker lost a match at WrestleMania to Brock Lesnar, and they were beating and they had and they were brought in the whole arena trying to stop them from fighting each other, and then they got it at SummerSlam. It burns his soul that people were so captivated by the fact that two two gigantic men and stars want to beat the fuck out of each other, and they were set at a date, and they were going to do it then, and people and the people tuned in to watch it. He wants the shenanigans to work. He doesn't want the he doesn't want like the simple stuff to work. He wants to feel you know like if I if I if I mix around a bunch of shenanigans and bullshit up and it works, then like I can say how I can like feed on my ego and say that I'm a genius. Like he wants to be Mike Mark so bad. Mike Marks don't work in NFL no fucking more and has it for a long time <laughs> because he thought he was smarter than everybody else. I'm, you know, like this man's soul gets burned. Chip Kelly. Well, yeah, when he thinks about the pipe bomb and then he hands the mic to this dude that's been fucking creatively frustrated for years and feels like he was the yes. best in the business and he rages against the fucking machine like he he fucking yes. hates that. Yes. <laughs> like man, like miss me with the Steve Spurrier shit, man. Like just just just. Oh man. Just 
it doesn't have you don't have to come out here and think you can reinvent the wheel. Like you don't have to try to be fucking too cute for your own good. Like it's fine. Like if the whole idea is you're trying to meet projections or whatever else, how about you do what's best for the company and like bullshit that makes sense from week to week. Like it would go a long have, way. Have a, have an idea of where you're going to be a month, two months, three months from now. And then, like, book accordingly so that, like, you have matchups that are relatively fresh and new contenders to set up for these champions and protect your belts and value your belts by putting your belts on to people that are protected as far as their wins and losses. Like, you know what I, I think is happening? <sighs> and I never really explored this concept, like, in verbal form. It, it I think feels, Vince it feels almost like, it, it feels almost like as if, like, Vince, like, dies every single week and his brain has been uploaded into like a hard drive and like re and then reboot. He gets rebooted every single week. Then in like every single week, he has new eyes looking like, all right, this was a tele. This is like what we have. And like, this is where we're trying to go. And like every single week he comes up with a new, he, like he just starts over every single with a new to get to where he's trying to go as opposed to let's look back at what I did. And then like, make it make sense while getting to where I want to be. I think he's trying to deconstruct traditional pro wrestling storytelling. Like be like, there is no strategy. Like there, there is no telling what we're going to do week to week. There is no formula that, so, that Russo, works. So Russo. But but the thing is, like, like but Russo Vince, will give you a fire opening chapter. R- Russo but, will give you a fire opening chapter, and then they wouldn't know what the fuck to do and how to get out of it. Okay, so when are they going to strip all the champions of the belts and start over again? I assume, when is that going to happen? I, I assume it will happen whenever the, the the Money in the Bank briefcase is out the way. Oh my god! I meant all the championships, not just one. See, you try to be funny. See, no, hand See, it over. <sighs> Man, like they could start with the women's tag team championship, strip them. <laughs> oh, okay, so oh my god, yeah. So, so how do I say this? That was Monday Night okay. Raw, y'all. No, no, okay. So the reason why I just went off at the end is because I just thought about what I heard on on Observer Live today, um, where Alvarez said that he heard. That somebody relayed to him, or somebody back backstage relayed to him that somebody showed him videos of the NFL draft this year, and now this man all of a sudden yeah. has plans on how he's going to do shakeups slash drafts going into the future. And I immediately lost my shit. Just or not? I went into the I, I went in, I was coming into this show and going into SmackDown and going going into this recording at that point, um, and I was just like, my like, eh, all right, whatever. Like I'm down in the dumps. Like I'm just gonna do one of these. I'm exhausted. I'm just gonna do the show and hopefully get through it and power through it while you know trying to get through the fast skin. And then I heard that and like, even while I'm trying to be detached to try to like save some uh some in some i don't know trying to save my sanity that one set me off it's like motherfucker you mean to tell me that you as a person how long is it how long has the draft been popular on television and uh, like 30 years now rich yeah in, in both sports <laughs> 30 fucking years and you mean to tell me 
that now you understand after all these years that like because someone showed you a video now you understand that you the drafts and shakeups like how you can do it with the pomp and circumstance and spectacle and drama and intrigue between like the idea of one side has a roster or one side has a uh, one side and then there's another side and they are picking players uh and they try to build an intrigue over like what side there is like one, I thought you already figured this out because one, you already had a goddamn draft in 2016. That was the second draft that you ever did, to my to my knowledge. Uh, and then you also have summer or Survivor Series every single year that is Raw versus SmackDown. You're supposed to be rivaling uh, teams, and then it made me. You know what that made me think of? Of course, he doesn't remember this shit because he had Raw beat SmackDown six zero on on a summer or Survivor Series last year, and I was like, what? I I, I I don't know what to do. I, I'm at my wits' end. I'm, I'm really, I, I don't know what to do with this. Like I can only I can only like at this point like either laugh or or try or like just like tune out the foolishness that I watch every single week, or or I don't know what else. But I I I don't know what to do with myself when I watch these shows and I look at like the long the the macro uh look at a macro level of where where we've been and where we're headed. It's like, feels like we hit down. Like, like, like this, I mean, like I don't, this show's utterly purposeless. I mean, nobody qualified for anything. They just pick people out of the hat inside. Literally. And put them in, right. They literally um, pick people for this. Bobby Roode. Uh, we did this, we did that weird homophobic thing with, uh, with the revival. Yeah. Uh, you know, Becky and Lacey seem to be shaping a good, uh, shaping towards a, something worth a damn. So good for them. Um, so that's one in, in a positive light. Um, what 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 other positivity am I missing on this show besides the Becky? I'm sure there's something else I'm missing. Has to be something. I, I like um, the Styles and Rollins uh, face off and fight. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that's fine. I would say that's not negative. So I'll, I'll count that because it wasn't negative. Yeah. Um, Joe Ray. That could be something. Yeah. So that, so that's that's I say three. What else? It's a three hour show. Yeah. It's it, it, Raw is time fill. It's three hour show. I got three I got three things that weren't bad in a three hour show. Yeah, let's wrap this segment up before we become a three hour show. So we will be back with the SmackDown portion. Welcome back. You guys already know what it is. It is time for the SmackDown Live portion of the show. We went a little long on that first part. Um, we just received word that Dash Wilder has had two months added onto his WWE contract due to that old broken jaw issue back in 2017. Oh, WWE hating any way they can get. Uh, James, take us through SmackDown, man. Uh yeah, uh WWE SmackDown Live April 30th, 2019 from Columbus, Ohio. The show opens up with Michael Cole in the ring on SmackDown Live because fuck James Boyd apparently we have to we have to put this jag off everywhere everywhere. Everywhere. Can't just can't just leave him where he's at. Like he's on like leave him on raw to to do that bad commentary. Don't bring him over here like <sighs> I think they're going to make him like Oakland. They're trying to Oakland him this week. Yeah, and he didn't do a bad. He didn't do a bad job this week, but like, 
Look, any Michael Cole is too much Michael Cole. So it's like, I don't want that. I'm good. Okay, anyway, he introduces Kofi Kingston. Kofi brings his ass out to the ring with the pancakes. He throws the pancakes. He's happy, even though, like, what happened in the main event of last week's show. He comes down to the ring, and then Cole talks up his career um, and his achievements, and then defeating Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Also, they showed the Elimination Chamber match, the uh, the second gauntlet match as well. Um, and he's and then Kofi talks about some of his emotions, uh, and then uh, Cole asks him if he ever thought that he ended up getting into that title match. Kofi says he's learned you're going to have some highs and lows, and you got to fight through those lows to keep on pushing. And he's so glad to he chose to keep fighting and to fight through because he's now standing here as a WWE champion. This is also like some uh, metal. This sounds being meta contextualized as if you fight through the the bullshit that Vince gives you. Eventually, one day he'll throw you a bone and make you champion. So like you embrace like like Luke Harper and Sasha Banks and whoever else and all you other people that quit before I gave you something. Like like Vince Vince in this com in this thing almost is like. In the meta, in the meta commentary, it was almost like that dude that like that that talks about how his girl did him wrong for finally dumping his sorry ass after all the years after saying he was going to turn the shit around and never turn it around. Sound anyway, like some Drake shit. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Kofi says he's proud that he got to do that next to his brothers Big E and Xavier uh, Woods, and because without New Day, none of this uh, happens. Uh, he says they're glad that they proved that the impossible is possible. More, more, more meta contextualizing. Yeah. So Cole says that he speaks for the entire WWE universe when he calls W he calls Kofi Kingston's uh, magical moment uh, and win uh, and uh, one of the best ever moments of that caliber. He he then goes on to call it like perhaps the greatest WrestleMania moment ever and runs the footage of the match. And I thought myself, I hope y'all really believe that because I you know what I want you know what would make my damn day what we erase. Uh, Hulk Hogan in the uh, in the show open uh, uh, body slamming Andre and we put Kofi Kingston kicking Daniel Bryan's face and we Damn. replaced that. That's what I want. Like do that, do you that you, that would greatly improve how I feel about the about the <laughs> about the product every day. If I saw that instead of Hulk Hogan's raising his ass, body slamming Andre. Anyway, unbelievable. So so uh, so then um. Kofi says he can't believe he had to share that moment with his family and it's next to the birth of his kids and his and his uh wedding day. Uh he Cole then uh talks about the target that's on his bag and how it's much is bigger now that he has that belt. And Kofi and he mentions that uh Kevin Owens is taking his sh- shot last week and they show a recap of the of Kale's or Owens turn. And then Kofi says a lot of people have said that they that uh, that he should never that he should have seen it coming and that uh, he does take a lot of the blame on himself. But the New Day believe in giving people second chances, and they want to uh, they want to uh, help people change if they want to change. And he says Owens, if he wanted a title match, all he had to do was ask, which I think I called is what he was going to say there next week. Yep. So. Uh, he says, uh, since he says, uh, um, he remembers when Kevin Owens said that as you step on his head, he was coming for the title. He said, um, all right. So he says, so come on, let's do it at money in the bank. So out comes Kevin Owens. 
Um, he accepts the challenge and says that Kofi did give everyone his WrestleMania moment that we never forget, and the WWE Universe loves him for such a great moment, and he won the title on the Grand Station Mall, and that was so great. But uh, moments in, and they're fleeting, and now that they saw that moment, uh, they want to admit the fans don't believe he's actually championship material, which is like you're killing the baby face with the truth. Or parts of the truth. I thought he was going to come out and say that, like, he talked about the family coming out and the great moments that, like, I thought he was going to pull the chomp and was like, this is, you stole my moment. And, like, I was the guy that was was coming in and then, like, the ball ran new. So I'm going to take, you know, what was, I'm going to take my moment back. They didn't go with that because that would have been better. So, (laughs) uh, K.O. K, uh, says that uh, he looks into Kofi's eyes and his voice. He doesn't believe is championship cheerio. I thought you were about to say something else. Was it, he looks into Kofi's eyes. What did he see? The cult of personality. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Owens, Owens, uh, see, Owens says he's open. Go ahead. <laughs> Owens says that, uh, that Kofi is in over his head and the waters keep rising and he's drowning. And then uh, Kofi... And then, out comes Xavier Woods from behind to, from to attack uh, KO, but KO quickly gets him off him and gets separation and super kicks Xavier on the ramp. Uh, while that's all happening, Kofi is getting out the ring and running up the entrance ramp. And after the super kick, Kevin Owens takes off to the back, and we're seen with Kofi trying to take care of Z- a, a re-injured Xavier. Um, so then commentary uh, promises to announce a. Uh, announcement with the Hardy Boys later on tonight, and then Bailey makes her entrance. We go to commercial break. Becky comes out, and we get Becky versus Bailey. First time on the main roster. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah. <clears throat> so Becky hip tosses Bailey and puts her in a side headlock before Becky knocks her over and loses and tosses her out of the ring. Bailey then snaps Becky's neck into the ropes, and we go to commercial break. Um, most of the good stuff in this match in their chain wrestling happens at a commercial break, but we miss that because we have commercial breaks and they actually happen to show us that stuff. But we come back uh, from commercial break with Bailey in control. She's focusing on um, Becky's knee, which has some problems with the past month and all the selling for Sister Rumble and other stuff. I thought we were past that, but apparently not. I guess it's now like, you know, now that we know who she's rumored to be dating. I guess they, you know, the long-term storytelling of this this part was injured months ago, so I'm going to keep selling it as as, as if like I, if this was the case, I would not be clear to wrestle. So he Whatever like, he like transmitted the knee injury over, like he passed uh, it over I, to her. You know what? That's a very good point. Damn, <laughs> damn you, Iowa. Anyway, <laughs> Becky comes. <laughs> Becky comes back. Uh, I'm sorry. Um. Yeah, so then uh, actually Bailey ends up while while working over a knee. Uh, Bailey then comes up, comes out with the V trigger for the two count. I saw that. Becky comes back with Insiguri and a missile drop kick for a two count before hitting a exploder suplex in um, a running forearm in the corner. They close on each other uh, for the James Boyd uh, hated move of doom. Uh, and then Bailey gets a near fall off an inside cradle and then hits a fall away slam into an elbow drop. Uh, Bailey then. I'm sorry, Becky then locks in the disarmor because she got the knees up and then uh, off the off the elbow drop and then gets a tap out uh, submission victory. Nice little TV match. Uh, wish they could yeah. go, you know, uh, like 15 to 
20 minutes on a pay-per-view, but you know, both of them, one of them will have to dye their hair blonde to make that happen. So, <laughs> yeah, like I, this was probably what the fourth best uh, women's match on the main roster this year, right? Like the two Royal Rumble matches plus Becky in uh, Charlotte Lat or a week or two ago, right? Can't really think of anything else that's been on TV that's been. Oh no, I, I no, think- Charlotte and Oscar they had that match too. Oh yeah, so Charlotte and Oscar, and then Charlotte versus uh, Bailey last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, so this is like the fifth best. This is like the fifth best women's match of the year so far on the main roster. Whew, boy, you, you notice that like all of them are like the horsewomen or Oscar. You know, you notice that. It's amazing. Oh no, and Ronda and, and Sasha too. Yeah, Sasha is the horsewoman. Oh yeah, you said the um, two Royal Rumble matches. My bad. Yeah, yeah, like the horsewoman and Oscar. Like it's crazy how that works. It's, it's, it seems that like you know if you have the five best women to ever work to ever wrestle in this company like wrestle each other or wrestle in some form with other people in like big profile matches like they tend to like be the best matches that the women produce like it's amazing how that works it's almost as if like if you put good wrestlers together they have good matches if you like give them time to you know figure stuff out yeah just a thought anyway um, after the match uh, Charlotte attacks Becky and Bailey uh, before leaving and then we get a promo from Alistair Black. Who's sitting in the total darkness in that room? That bro, I, I can only assume that Alistair Black kicked Mojo Rowley's ass and took his took his room. I, I mean, did he whoop Mojo Rowley's ass, or did like, he, or did he occupy the room after Bray Wyatt beat Mojo Rowley's ass? Because like, Mo, because we don't Bray, know, we don't know if they're still in if Mojo's in the room with them, and they just didn't pan the camera over like ten feet. Like we don't know. I, I'm starting to think that what happened is Bray Wyatt came in, whooped Mojo's ass, and then brought out the box with the with the buzzard puppet. And then, like, once he got out, he it was open, and then Alice was just like, oh, there's occupancy? I guess I'll slide in this dark room. <laughs> I'm comfortable I, in here. It's <laughs> <laughs> my environment. You know that man, that man, <sighs> I'm dark, moody. Yeah, dark, moody. I'm from Amsterdam. That man might have been say, "I need a place to fall into a K hole." Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) you never know what you're gonna hear on this show. Yeah, you really don't. Uh, So, uh, yeah. So, Alistair, let me find the exact words in this Alistair promo because it was it was uh, it wasn't long, but it was a lot at the same time. Um. Yeah. So he says he's a powerful paralyzing tool. He, I'm sorry. He says that fear is a powerful paralyzing tool. It's in a man's nature to fear what they don't understand. His opponents try to figure him out, and by the time they think they've got it, it's a uh, there's a one two three count. Any hope of conquering that fear has been simply uh, left. Um, has simply left this earth. Uh, he said, what happens is they take one look into his eyes and they don't like the abyss that stares back at them because it unveils a truth about themselves that allows them to fade to black. So <laughs> the Hardy Boys make like they're dangerously close to turning him into like kickboxer Bray Wyatt, just without a cult. Just they, they, they please, please. Like leave it at this. Like, can I can I start seeing this man throw knees and and feet, please? 
Anyway, I just uh, like, I just want to see my dog on the board rising the fuck up and coming out to the hard rock. That's all I want. That's all I want to see with him. I don't need him to talk to me. Nothing. I don't. I don't even want him to. I don't need to know that he knows the language. Like <laughs> honestly, in a you know in a in a different time, like he would have been brought up and he would not have said a word yet. Still to this day, yeah, he would just be kick. He would just be like knocking. He would just be knocking out like prelim dudes out in like seconds with with, with black mass and a, and a different era anyway so the hardys uh come down to the ring uh with jeff is on one crutch and they go to commercial break they come back and they interview the hardys um and they say that because of uh they, they say that he needs surgery they don't say what kind of surgery but he has a, uh, a brace he has a crutch um but he says they're going to have they're gonna have to relinquish the titles. Um, so then they show a video of why he needs the three or whatever else, and it's uh, the attack that Lars had on the Hardy Boys. I think the week after they won the titles, so I think it's two weeks ago. Um, and it shows a freak accident, but we—I mean, we know that it's a knee injury, but yeah. they don't sell it as a knee injury on TV. Which I thought, like, hey, whatever. Like they came up with a way to explain it, saying put it on and put the heat on. Lars, so good for them. Yeah. So it was well, a house show injury, y'all. But you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but whatever. Like, we're not supposed to necessarily know that. We know too much. Blah blah blah. blah whatever. Whatever. Like they. My point is, he had an. They, my point is, he had an injury that he has to take off of, and they put it on to Lars because they haven't really done much. With, they haven't done anything with him since that. So, like, I thought, like, if you're trying to get a dude heat, good for them. So Lars comes out. He was he was Matt's ass. Jeff, like he take apparently, like he's so injured he can't like even though he got into the ring with no problem. Like it took him an hour to get to try to get out of the ring. Uh, so he most he can do is wait for Miz to or Miz Matt to make another uh a desperation try to try to keep Jeff uh safe. He gets his ass with uh, some more, but then Jeff with a crutch is going to have to fend for himself with the weapon. Uh, so. All of a sudden, out comes our truth with a chair. He hits. He puts it across. Uh, he puts it across Lars's back. Lars no sells it. Uh, then he proceeds to whoop our <laughs> truth ass again. He gives him the freak accident, and then he gives him the the running sit out power bomb again. Um, That's a bomb of the week and, nominee right there. Yeah, 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 yep. So from there we get. It was funny when Lars got in the ring though with Matt Hardy. Cause it's like Lars ain't that much bigger than him, but <laughs> like, do you notice that they were doing like the, the, the super the low, low shots, shots, making like he's the fucking Undertaker, Andre the Giant? Yes. And he's like, dude, you're six three, he's like six three. Focus, bro. focus on how wide he is. Stop trying to focus on how tall he is because he's not really tall. Exactly. Like he's tall for this era, as opposed to like he, he sees eyes to eye with Triple H in the Rock, and he's shorter than Randy Orton. Like, focus on how wide and freakish he is, and how much of a strong freak he is. Like, and TV does not do this guy justice. It, when, it if you guys ever see him in person, this dude is a literal refrigerator, and his yep. legs are massive. Yep. Like, um, one of his last matches in NXT was against Keith Lee, and he's bigger than Keith Lee, and B- Keith Lee's big as fuck. Like, Keith Lee is my size. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. Um, anyway, next up is, uh, have we figured out a name for Kyrie and Oscar yet? Boy, um, I can guess the, is there, an, I'm not saying like, have we had, is it like the internet came no, up with a name for him yet? They, they no? have, they have not. 
Okay, well, the streets need that, or more specifically, I need that. So, um, <laughs> they come out to the ring and with with Paige, and they are doing this thing where they are inter or they are like uh, interplaying or intersplicing both of their music, um, Kyrie and Oscar, like between like eight bar loops or whatever else. So they got it's very there. similar. Yeah, it's very similar to what they did with the Fash Police with Tyler Breeze music plays for a little bit, and then they cut to the Fandango music, and then they cut back to the Tyler Breeze music. It's 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 they either make new music or just stick to the to the Oscar stuff because it's a more over sound or song. Anyway, uh, they're in the ring and they're going to be wrestling two local jobbers and One the of iconic them was tall as hell. Sorry, one of them was tall as hell. Yeah, and the oh, I don't know if they're that tall or if us or if uh, Kyrie's just yeah, short. True, but um, the iconics—they're doing commentary, rings doing awful commentary at ringside. Sorry. So the the match starts off with uh with a, with the tall woman because uh, they they don't actually name their names, which is weird because they normally get about those funny names. Yes. But, um. Yeah, Kyrie starts the match with a tall woman who challenges her to a test of strength, but Kyrie is too short. And so she shortens her, uh, so she shortens her with some kicks and brings her down to size before her and Oscar double team each of them, and then Kyrie hits the insane elbow in a matter of uh, minutes for the win. Yeah, like they did a bunch of different um, like uh, tag team combination stuff. There's like, dude, like they might be the best tag team on the main roster already. <laughs> they only have three <laughs> matches together, so just whoop assery. Yes, they just they just like I tell you, bro, like you put. You can put Kyrie in there with a damn broomstick, and she can beat that broomstick's ass so well and look impressive. Like it's, it's, just, it's just, it's just, it's amazing. So, so after that, uh, Roman Reigns comes out, and we get a, and we get a video recapping all the shenanigans where him and Vince and Elias and Shane, and then um, Roman talks about knocking out uh, Vince and says that it wasn't planned. And it could have been anyone, but he had to show that this is his show and that it's his yard. And he gets erupt- interrupted, thank God, by by Shane. Uh, like I don't, I don't know what it is with with, with Roman and AJ and uh, Seth, but like between the big dog and burning it down and phenomenal and being the houses that that motherfuckers built, like they like lay off the catchphrase. Y'all are human beings, not damn like. Uh, like toy machines with, with the string your back, we pull and then you right. say shit on command. Anyway, uh, all right, we have some technical difficulties. We're back now. Yeah. So after, so after I just went on my rant about the about all the catchphrases, another fucking catchphrase comes out. Shane, uh, he has Greg Hamilton keep it short and low key, and by introducing him as the best in the world because that's the that's the heat. This shitty backyarder is the best in the world. So he said he just wanted to remind uh, Roman that this may be his yard, but man's on the land. And then Rain says, "No, Vince owns the land." Uh, and then that when they were in the ring together, uh, Roman was on his feet, and McMahon was on his back. Hey, and then sh- so if Vince owns the land, is Roman Reigns no. the property? Shane says we all know he not to. Uh, he knocked a national treasure to the ground, but if but it was Reigns who was face down last week. Roman points out that Shane and uh, had Elias's help and asked if he can come down and do it do it on his own. Shane says he'd love to slap Reigns around, but he doesn't have the time because he's got to fly to Michigan to see a to see a a hard burl. He didn't. How did he mispronounce Harbaugh? Was it Harbaugh or Harbaugh? Harbaugh. 
Yeah, yeah. So the crowd still booed because it's Ohio State, and obviously they don't they ain't playing that shit. So, um, he said that he's gonna go to Michigan to, to get himself in 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 shape for the steel cage match against Miz. He says, uh, but if Roman wants to fight, there are a ton of guys back looking for a fight, and he'll send the he'll send two of them out. So out come the fucking B team. So. Yeah, man, this is what we come to, huh? Shame man, or Roman Reigns versus the B team, huh? This anyway, was the surprise uh, of the night. Yes, it was a surprise in that I was is that I didn't I was not expecting it. Um, it wasn't a pleasant surprise. Anyway, um, I thought so, the match ended up like well, we'll get to it. Yeah, so shame. So then uh, Roman says, "Oh, so what's the deal? You're just gonna keep fucking with me in matches? Or are you gonna make it to where like I have to do a blindfold with one hand tied on my back?" And I thought, they "Oh my no god, they were gonna do that." Shane instead says, "No, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to fuck you some other way. I'm going to bring out Elias as a special guest breath enforcer." So we uh, so then we go to commercial break. Uh, or, or actually, uh, yeah, we go to commercial break and come back. Uh, Roman kicks out the match with Bo. Um, Roman's in control until Bo tags into to Curtis Axel. Uh, he DDTs Roman and stomps him in the corner. The two isolate Roman and they're half of the ring, even though there is no tag team partner. So why did you need to isolate somebody in your half of the ring? Whatever. Um, they just they keep him close so they can frequently tag in and out and uh, chain together offense and then Elias distracts the referee before Bo clotheslines him uh, from the apron and then Curtis Axel sends him um, out to the ring before Elias can clothesline him at ringside and then we go to commercial break. Roman uh, comes back and it takes down both members uh, as they return uh, to action. Roman then hits a Samoan drop uh DBT uh combination on both of the guys for a near fall before he hits a Superman punch um onto Bo on who's on the apron and then uh he ends up uh giving a Superman punch to Curtis Axel for a near fall. Elias ends up pulling the referee out the ring at the last second before um Curtis Axel then hits a perfect plex for a very close near fall. And because Elias is, a, is the enforcer referee, he goes in there and tries to halfway fast count. He's a fucking idiot. And then uh, Elias ends up grabbing, goes, gets out the ring, grabs his guitar, and then Roman super punches him off out of the ring. And then he's a spear on Curtis Axel, and the ref actually uh, makes it back. I think it was Kyoto. Kyoto gets it back in the ring and does the the ref bump uh, free count for the win. I didn't hate this. Oh boy. I thought when it, like when they first announced the B team, I was like, "Oh wow, they're trying to kill off Roman Reigns." And then I saw the match, and I know they had the shenanigans to get through and all that, but they got the crowd really into it. And I I thought some of the near falls were decent. And they got they got to a point where when they did the the roll up, I was like, "If they beat Roman fucking Reigns, I'm turning off this show, and I don't know when I'm coming back." But like, I literally said in my head like during the count, I was like. If they if he does not kick out of this, I, I like Rich. You's gonna be doing this show solo. <laughs> I was gonna be fucking done. Like you, you mean to tell me that you beat McIntyre? You 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 reformed the Shield for the fourth, third, or fourth fucking time, and you would beat this man with the BT. I don't know why I thought that, but like I was like, you know, I, I in my mind, I, like I was in such a bad place with like the bad teams. My mother put me on Raw, and then this was like. They're finna beat Roman Reigns with, with, with the B team to try to show you that he's not, in fact, the top guy. If you don't get the fuck out of my face. But luckily, they didn't do that. And they tried to do a match after that. 
So, so props to him because they. I was like, I don't really want to see this match, but like Roman kept fighting from underneath and working from underneath, and then like the crowd got into him once they started doing like the fuckery near falls. Yep. This this man Elias is also fucking jacked, by the way. Oh yeah, huge. This man's getting bigger every week. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like are him and uh, are him and Strowman uh, workout buddies or something like that. They on different brands now, but I'm I'm sure like like Sheamus still there. You know, Sheamus workout <laughs> warrior. Oh my gosh! So, oh yeah. So when are you gonna find, when is he gonna be shaking up? When are we gonna know where he's at? That man is already shook up. That man's concussed. Oh come on! You making you making shaking the brain jokes? Really? That's what you be doing out here in the 2019. Hey, I ain't never claimed to be shit. So, <sighs> fair enough, I guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my goodness! So, uh, yeah. So then it's announced that Xavier Woods will be a guest uh, a guest host on the KO show later tonight as we go to commercial break, which is funny because it's like. He just got his ass by this dude like at the beginning of the show, and he's gonna come out later in the show and do something like, "Dude, if you show up at this show and sit down and interview with him, you a sucker." Uh, anyway, we end up getting a, a video for the we get the same uh, Bray Wyatt Fire Firefly Funhouse uh, promo that happened on Monday. I'm not going over it again because why would I do that? So then it's announced that oh, I, I, I believe we're told that uh, we're announced that. Randy Orton, Mustafa Ali, Finn Balor, and Andrade are the three SmackDown participants in the men's uh, Money in the Bank ladder match. Boy, they are watching like, the Raw side. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's not like uh, the Raw side has guys that aren't good workers or, or guys that are incompetent at all. Um, it's just like they have, you know, the three big guys out there. So, like, we got three spotters. Randy Orton's going to do one some – you know, some special RKO move, and then like we got Andrade and uh, and Ricochet and Balor and Ali, and they're going to try and go for the gusto. So, you know, we this might see five star t- Corbin out here tonight <laughs> in a few weeks. <laughs> I think this match is a two man race, maybe a third, three man if they want to get stupid and give it to Baron Corbin. But it's going to be between McIntyre and, and Andrade, and I am pulling for you know. Uh, Senor El Dinero and El Banco. Like, um, <laughs> I, I'm trying to get this uh, Andrade money in the bank uh, popped off. So, uh, he's always been better than McIntyre, and he will continue to be better than McIntyre. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, that would be really cool. Um, I mean, there are, there are a few people, like, pretty much like the only people that I do not want to see win it again would be, or win it would be like Orton or, uh, or Corbin. Anybody else is like, I'd be perfectly fine with him winning. Like, I don't think they're going to give it to Balor because Balor's an international champion. But, like, like I would see, I'd, I'd be cool to see him do champion versus champion at a Summer Slam or something like that. But we don't get nice things all the time. So, anyway, uh, yeah, so just like last, just like on Monday, uh, the two with SmackDown, with the heels, uh, the two heels that were added to Money in the Bank ladder match and the two baby faces, they do the same thing. So it's, Ali and Finn Balor versus Andrade and Randy Orton. Ali, Ali and Orton uh, get things started before Orton counters a springboard move and then shoves him off down off the top rope, crashing down to off off the apron to the floor. We go to commercial break. Um, we return and Balor uh, is getting the tag as Andrade comes in and finishes a jumping stop and a running chop, chop before kicking Andrade off the top turnbuckle. And uh, and and then from there, uh, Andrade falls down all the way to the floor. 
Um, and then Balor and Ali hit suicide dives, hops into the ring. Uh, Balor does a flip dive over the top, and I believe uh, Ali goes through the ropes, and ends up giving the uh, sending Orton all the way over the top of the uh, announce table. So then uh, we get back in the ring, and then Drade hits a running knee, hit the running knees in the corner for a near fall, and then uh, Balor counters uh, the Hemlock DBT attempt. And then Ali gets a blind tag, and then Ali hits the 450 splash for the win. Fun little match. Yeah. Um, if they went longer, they if they went longer, they could have a better match, of course, because those are four very talented guys. And Randy Orton gives a fuck when he's in there with new new blood. Um. Yeah. So after the match, uh, That's Randy Orton is a vampire, James. <laughs> he feeding off the energy. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I'm thinking of the Drake song now. <laughs> enemies, got a lot of enemies. <laughs> Trying to take the way from, never mind. So, um, after the match, Orton hits a hits, uh, battle with the RKO, and then Ali is a super king and him out the ring. Uh, so, then we get the KO show. Kevin Owens comes out, uh, and we go to commercial break. So, then from there... We start back up, and he gets on the mic and he introduces us to the Kevin Owens show and addresses um, that he addresses us by saying that the signs and the graphics and the desks and all that pageantry crap is uh, that the New Day would do. Um, so guess what? He doesn't need all all of that uh, because this is his show and he is the show. Uh, he says before he was so rudely interrupted earlier, he was trying to make a point. Uh, he was saying that earlier that the truth is that Kofi Kingston is in way over his head. Uh, but don't worry, help him on the way, and the help is because that money in the bank, he's going to relieve Kofi of his burden, and he's a po- and he's positive. He points out positive because you know po- point of positivity uh, that he's going to win the WWE Championship. Uh, but enough about Kofi. He has a great idea. Uh, he said that his that his guest was going to be Xavier Woods. And he doesn't know if he's still willing to come out and talk, but he says that uh, he asks that Woods humor him, humors him and comes down to for a chat. Xavier doesn't come down, so Kevin uh, pulls out an Asher figure of Xavier Woods, uh, and then he says, "This is one of the many, many pieces of crap merchandise that New Day have been shilling for years." And he uh, stands at the Asher figure on the chair on the guest chair and says he doesn't look happy, but. Uh, as he usually does, and asks if he's lonely. He said, well, well, good news, because he has a he bought a battle pack, so he pulled out the big E action figure, and it actually had tape wrapped around his knee, his leg, so that, like, you know, to commemorate the fact he has a torn meniscus. So, Owens uh, says he figures these are useless pieces of trash, and he kicks over the chair that the two action figures are on, and he says he knows exactly what's in their hearts and what's on their minds, and he says he thinks... He gets interrupted, and then out comes Kofi, and he has and he comes out with the game face on that he should have at the beginning of the show. No can no no pancakes, stone face, glistening because he got because he's been wearing the grease. Takes off the crop top, exposes more of the grease in the in, in the sheen in the moisture moisturized uh, <laughs> muscles. Wet. Uh, yes. <laughs> You're. <laughs> You remember that pills and potions, like uh, that pills and potion Chris Brown and uh, and Yo Gotti song with uh, with Kodak on it, and the whole hook he's do saying wet, 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 yeah, wet, yeah. <laughs> when wet. you said wet, that's what I'm thinking of right now. 
<laughs> oh, speaking of wet, you forgot to mention during this Bobby Lashley and Miz uh, segment on Raw that Bobby Lashley's left hand was like it had grease on it. <laughs> I forgot it, about it, that. It, it, just, it just had grease on it. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm digressing. Anyway, back to back to lecture hand. So, Kofi charges to the ring, and then we end up getting um, a brawl. They do the Fry Takayama hockey fight, the Kevin Owens, uh, Sami Zayn fight. Uh, so then, all of a sudden, Kofi double legs Owens, and he starts throwing punches from uh, from full mount. He keeps unloading. Kevin Owens bells, and then we get a. Uh, they both get out the ring, and then we get a where Kofi gets runs and jumps off of the still steps and does that that huge uh, that huge boom punch, whatever you want to call that, that drops Owens on the mat. Uh, and then he ends up throwing him over the announce table, and then Kofi grabs one of the uh, commentary chairs, those big big ass computer chairs, and throws it on top of Kevin Owens, and then. Uh, He's all over Owens, and then Owens ends up uh, raking the eyes or poking the eyes, and he escapes out of through the backside of the uh, over the barricade like a coward. Yes, like a coward, backing off into the crowd as Kofi gets back to the ring on top of the uh, on, on on the second rope and stares at him, and they make they make face at each other. And we go to black. I thought this was good at the end. It was better than Raw. Oh yeah. Anyway, yeah, like. It had it actually had some good wrestling on it. Um, it wasn't it wasn't nearly as good as last week, but uh, it it was raw, SmackDown was respectable this week. I can't say the same for Raw. Yeah, man. Uh, we will be back with the LeBron James U Bum of the Week and the Wrestler of the Week, and some breaking news has just happened, which I am going to tend to during this break. A name caller. What I say? Come here. You say it. Call him a bum. <laughs> it's not a name call. It's a uh... Nice. You bum. Take off the blizzard, loosened up the tie. Step out of the asylum, John Moxley is alive. <laughs> Welcome back to One Nation Radio. Um, yeah, during the break, we got news that John Moxley has returned to the wrestling world by breaking out of the prison known as WWE. Uh, if you go up on Twitter, at John Moxley, there's an awesome video uh, that he put up and this dude looks as hungry as ever anything you heard about this man looking done or any any type of you know deal where he was uh said to be retiring he must have worked those motherfuckers like into a frenzy backstage uh it looks like the whole thing was designed to pump as much money out of the last shield run uh for their house show tour they could get uh by all accounts that you know it was it was cool uh ambrose honored all of his dates he did everything the right way he went out and and honored his commitments and he pretty much uh he showed up and showed fans love that loved him all these years and he's gonna go get to uh do his pro wrestling the way he wants to do it at this point yeah so i mean i feel like you can just like bring it to the light and say that like James you were wrong for thinking this dude was toast and done and burnt out like I, I thought like there was something too um, even before like you know there were rumors that came out recently like when it first was announced that he was leaving I, I thought like there's a good possibility he's just done and he's like I just want I just want out and then like if I come back I'll come back to y'all but I'm just done but um, apparently not 
And um, I think I'm going to say Victory, it, Victory Lab on this one. Yeah, and it makes me wonder if he sent out those kind of signals so that they would not uh, look so they wouldn't Ray Mysterio or Daniel Bryan or in this case recently Luke Harper him or or was it, or Scott Dawson him where it's like oh you were injured recently so that time you were going with add that to it right like he so luckily he avoided getting taxed by saying like I'm just burnt out yep L- looks like this man John Mosley is a master worker like this man w- worked <laughs> the the fucking office like into into being like yeah he's gonna fucking retire. Yeah, you slide devil, you. Yeah, and it, you know, you know, and you know, people will come out here and tell you that that uh, the Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley he can't work. Well, we gonna you see. tell me. Well, you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, good for yeah. him. Like, cause like he throughout his last run, uh, pretty much on the, this time we've been doing this show, we fucking buried the Dean Ambrose that was presented to us. Uh, oh in, in October and November and December, it was like just some of the worst of the worst. Um, like seriously, besides besides the Sami Zayn and Bobby Lashley stuff, like of a, things, a few that actually happened. Not no, uh, you know, Bailey and Sasha were teasing a feud that never actually happened. I mean, an actual feud like that was probably the worst feud of the year last year. It was very bad. Um, it and and it made no bad. sense because these are two people that I've had two previous feuds that were some of the best work they've done in recent years of WWE, and these are two of the most talented guys in the entire roster. That's why like they both became man of victors in the company. So it was like mind boggling they had such a shitty feud. Well, he's out of here. Uh, I told y'all that man was going to wrestle. He's fucking hungry, and uh, I think I'll take my victory lap. So ha 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 ha. Look, check out this facade, whatever that line was. But um, so let's get on to it. Uh, the LeBron James U bum of the week. So we've actually got six nominees because we had lots of little John Rule qualifiers. I felt like everybody should get their due here. Um, so we've got the Miz, who lost to either uh, James's perspective. Uh, he lost to Shane McMahon jumping on the apron, or Simon's perspective where he jobbed out to a picture on the Summer Jam screen. Either way, The Miz ends up a bum of the month. Uh, and then also, he was choked out by a non-wrestler. So, <laughs> put to sleep. Um, he got put to sleep with a fake MMA move. That wouldn't even. That's not even how you do it. <laughs> then we got R-Truth, uh, who decided to roll up on Lars and hit him with a chair to no effect, uh, like it was Zeus uh, no-selling Hulk Hogan in 1989 or something. And Lars turned around and fucking murdered him. So... Xavier Woods, also bum of the week, uh, tried to jump on Kevin Owens uh, (laughs) during his entrance, and then Owens turned around and beat his ass. Super kicked that man. All he got was all he did was get separation from him and super kicked that man off. Yep. Alexa Bliss. Besides lording over horrible segments, they put her back in the ring to have a horrible match with like the whole gimmick being she can't tie her shoes. I am not excited about the prospect of watching more or less bliss on Monday nights and in uh, the future on pay-per-view. She's definitely earned her position here this week. The revival. She lost her ass. Correct. The revival. Um, these guys turned down those big contracts and after watching Monday night raw, you can't really blame them. Like, <laughs> so I don't know if that was retaliation or it was like, just, this would be more of the same. Um, 
so the revival lose their match and their shaving and have to uh, exhibit toxic masculinity all in the same deal. Um, then the Lucha House Party jump the Viking Raiders, I believe their name is this week, uh, during the entrance and probably got squashed in a minute and fifty five seconds. How you jump somebody and get squashed? So lots of just take your pick, James. Like <laughs> this is a week. You know, sometimes the bums is like it's real obvious who it is, bro. Like this is like this is the twenty seven Yankees of bums right here. <sighs> wow, wow. <laughs> so which one's Ruth and which one's Garrick? Uh, I would say Miz is Ruth, and the Revival or Alexa is Gehrig. Oof! Oh man, I, I think I think that um, Alexa is a lot more. They didn't embarrass Alexa. They uh, okay, they did embarrass Alexa, but they embarrassed her in a way that like any anybody can get embarrassed in uh, WWE. Um, that's a mid Carter. The way they embarrassed the revival was like, yeah, you won't be, you will not be with this company five years from now. Yeah. Like, that's one of those. That's one of those things that, like, that's like the. It's not as bad as you know pissing on yourself, but it's like, oh, that goes on a list of like stupid things they did, and like this is why people like belittle wrestling as a, uh, um, as a fictional media genre. Yeah, so. Yeah, uh, storytelling a medium. So yeah, so I, I yeah I, I would say, oh man, um, I say the revival, like, <laughs> like it, it, yeah, I don't, it, it, that's one of the worst things you can. That's one of the worst things I imagine you can try to do somebody to try and embarrass them, and for for, you know, it doesn't do it doesn't do them any good at all. It doesn't do them good. Yeah. It doesn't do the promotion good. It doesn't do the Usos good because Usos finna beat these dudes that they're gonna gonna beat these dudes that are like are lames, apparently. So I would have normally went with the Miz because I thought the Miz just got completely I thought his promo sucked. I thought the match sucked. I thought the post match beatdown sucked. Um that Oh, it did. And it was just like he had to sell all that shit, but uh I think I'm gonna split the vote on this one. I'm gonna go with Miz. Okay. Uh, so okay. Miz and I mean, revival. To, I mean, to be fair, me burying uh, the revival and calling them bums is more or less my, is really more me giving that to Vince and WWE than actually the revival. So, like, you know what? You're probably right. Like the Miz is like they made him like, yikes. Um, like I, like a lot of the stuff that's happening in revival is stuff is like, I feel like they're playing dirty pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I switch it to Miz. You're right. You're right. right. Like the Miz thing is like that's and like they're not playing. They're not going into unfair territory to to try to clown somebody. Like nah, they just clown them because in, in the simplest way you could possibly uh, clown somebody, and that's their dumbasses that get distracted easily uh, while focusing in on, on a fake fight. So yeah, uh, yeah, I say Miz. So the Miz, you are the LeBron James, you bum of the week. On to our wrestler of the week. We got Becky Lynch, who had a good segment with Lacey Evans, <clears throat> as well as a good match with Bailey. We had the combination of Kofi Kingston and Kevin Owens building up their feud, making it very heated. Ricochet, who was over very big time, big time over in his uh, hometown, got the victory over, uh, I believe it was Baron Corbin. Sami Zayn, who cut another good promo. 
albeit a bit wearing at this point. And Roman Reigns, who defeated two men and a crooked ref. Um, I think I'm no, I know where I'm going with this one. I'm going to go with Roman Reigns. Um, he, I think he did a really good job um, in the match, and also like. You know the B team have negative credibility, and he turned that into a really good segment. And I think I felt like he was the standout guy uh, across both shows this week. Yeah, I'll go with Owens and, and Kofi. Like uh, I, I really want to see them wrestle each other. I really want to see Kofi kick this dude's ass. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, and I, and I thought they did a really good job of, um, you know. Like, for all the talk people have of the pancakes and stuff, whatever, like, they actually put that to good use of him showing out or him showing that, like, you know, he has, um, like, he has his joy and he's not going to let, like, Kofi or Kevin Owens steal his joy regardless of how bad that gets because, like, that stuff is temporary and his homeboys are coming back and he didn't, like, you know, hurt them in some type of significant way. Um, but, uh, you know, like he, she showed up and was like, when there's a, when, there, when it's time and place, like it was time for him to snap to, to engage and, and, and whoop that ass. And, you know, that man showed up listening and then took that shirt off his ass. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm fully engaged into this Kofi Owens thing. And, and Owens is like, it feels like, it feels like we're back in like the place where we were like before he got involved with, with Shane McMahon, where it's like, or before he got the SmackDown, where it's like, he's just this evil fucker and you just want to see that dude like get what's coming to him and like I, I feel like we're we're back in a good place with Kevin Owens for, after a, a long time of not having that so um so yeah I'll go with Kofi slash Owens yeah man <clears throat> anyway uh, Smackdown's a better show we've been forgetting that um yeah. <laughs> lately but um yeah thank you guys all for listening to the show this week and every week uh enjoy uh you know your weeks and you know throughout your lives and everything else you got going on uh, make sure you check out all the other shows on lords of pain radio you got sundays with uh the doc chad matthews you got the global revolution you've got uh us one nation radio here you've got uh perfect 10 wrestling show with our boy the implications you got sports entertainment is dead with samuel plan you've got uh all things elite or excuse me not all things elite everything elite <laughs> you've also got the right side of the pond and the global revolution i believe um yeah man um lots going on in the world of wrestling we will be talking about it james are we going to cover this queen Qu- queen's quest show one of these weeks yeah, sure. When is that? Like May third, fourth, fifth? I think it's May fifth. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, starting is kind of, um, or you know, it takes a while for the entire show up. But I know, like, they're probably like the Tony Storm match or uh, whatever the main event is will be the first thing up. So um, it just it just comes down to like when all the sh- the entire shows up, we can do that. Thank you guys for listening to the show and always uh, showing up. Uh, to listen to our unique takes on the world of wrestling. Or, excuse me, not takes. I hate that thing. But oh, our, you know I hate that. Yeah, Don't like, do that. Like to listen to uh, our perspectives and where we see a lot of this stuff. So this was a long show, um, and it, it's just uh, it, it's cool to be able to share it with you guys. So uh, we are about to here. Peace. Sorry, Chad. <laughs>